podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Woo! The sensation, Jason Gavin! Tesla, he's the fucking champion of the world! No, I think Rosado good boy. Rosado is a good boy. I've become a massive international superstar, it's as simple as that. I eat your ass all alive, you bitch! I'm scared of the real man! I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot! I'm going to physically shoot David Head. He fucking glassed me. He glassed me. Derek, who down? I'm Shannon Briggs. I'm hard to kill. I'm the black team with the ball. I'm hard to fucking kill. Well, I believe Christopher can take a punch. I'm very good at math and looking at a fighter and seeing what his abilities are. I can't see that Golovkin has anything like Christopher's speed. His power, his punching ability, his hand speed, his foot movement. I don't see that from a calculating point of view. I don't see that he has anything like that. So then it's going to come down to heart. You know, I spoke to Joe Gallagher. They don't want to fight Carl Frampton. And the bottom line is, you know, no disrespect to Bosch Ranger. These guys aren't good enough to face Carl Frampton. I'm the best heavyweight champion of the world. I'm happy to have PC with me. I'm undefeated champion, undisputed champion. I want who next? He's got my Dino Rivo nucleic acid. Undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Who next? I love boxing sounds. It's as simple as that. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 441st edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Andy Patterson, Matty DiGelonardo, and his chains have been released out of boxing purgatory. Come forth, Ozzy Smith is on the panel with us as well, going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. You know all this already. You know where to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of September. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. You're probably wondering what the hell we're going to talk about this weekend. We're kind of wondering that ourselves as well. We'll be going on to Belly of the Weeks later. A few questions from the boys have been thrown in. And Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk taking place next weekend. There will be a post-fight podcast. Get those likes in though, boys, just to make just to secure it, just to make sure it happens. We will have a, a post-fight podcast for you if we can possibly manage it. Uh, there was action over... Well, Steve. Super chats as well, super chats, likes, thumbs up, shares, all that good stuff, Andy. We will be there for a post-fight pod next weekend and back for the normal pod on Sunday as well. So show a bit of love to the asylum and let people know that you are listening to us. Uh, we've watched a few bits and pieces from the weekend, not that there wasn't much going on. I know Andy was on his VPN, we'll go to him very shortly. Just before we do so, Matty, a show that I did watch, in fact the only show of the weekend that I watched, was from the Mechanics Bank Arena in uh, Bakersfield, California. This is hardcore helmet stuff indeed. Two fights that I saw. There might have been more. I saw Jose Valenzuela against Dana Berrio. Maybe the less said about that, the better. We'll move on to that shortly. First of all, intriguing show opening, uh, as far as the broadcast was concerned, six-rounder between Elon De Jesus 
uh, and Ragin Chance. I love that name, Ragin. It's like he's raging. He was like a cut price Poundland uh, Roshi Warren, this guy. They fought to a six round majority draw. I thought De Jesus stood enough to win, even though he wasn't the fancy fighter. You watched it as well, Matty, and you have a bit of beef here with the referee, Jerry Cantu, veteran referee that he is. You think that De Jesus was screwed on every level, like me? Oh, absolutely. And uh, let's reminisce a decade plus, go back to uh, when uh, Sergio Martinez knocked out Kermit Cintrone. Uh, uh, Cintrone was able to convince the ref it was a headbutt. Uh, and then the fight went to the cards and it went to a draw in a fight that Martinez clearly won. Well, that's basically what happened last night for Chance. Uh, as he was deducted a point in the fourth round uh, for without warning for a shot behind the head. It was a clear shot behind the head. No warning whatsoever. And then in the fifth round, uh, he knocks him, uh, he knocks De Jesus down and uh, with a great uppercut, he does beat the count. But then when the referee asks him to move to the fighter's left, he just stands in front of him and says, I can't see. Well, Steve, where I come from in in boxing, that means the fight's over. It's a TKO. Oh, shit, you got knocked down by a shot and you can't see? Well, the other guy won. Uh, you don't get a fucking timeout in boxing. You know, spitting out the mouthpiece is like the, the only option timeout you have, and you risk point deductions for it. So that was bullshit. Cantu went along, went with the fight again. Uh, they finished the fifth. The sixth round was pretty close. Um, after the second, the first two rounds, uh, Chance just realized, he's like, fuck this guy. I can beat the snot out of him. And he just started coming forward and winging punches. And he really owned rounds three th uh, through five. Um, I guess you could say that uh, De, De Jesus had one, two, and six potentially. But regardless, the point deduction was bogus. This fact that it wasn't called a stoppage and the fight went on was was absolute bogus. And Jerry Cantu is fucking awful. And they need to find something else for him to do because refereeing prize fights is clearly not for him. Get rid of Cantu, says Matty. Outrageous there. Ray Corona was the referee in the main event. He had a somewhat of an easier evening. The lesser spotted Dana Berrio. Not familiar with his work. I do remember Alejandro Berrio from a few years ago. God, it's about 15 years ago now. Going over to Germany and knocking out Robert Stieglitz. But I'm not sure if this was any relation of his. But it was Dana Berrio going against Jose Valenzuela. who's a bit of a firebrand himself. He was recently seen beating the snot out of Dante Strayhorn on the Pacquiao-Yugas undercard, which is only a couple of weeks ago. So the fact he's headlining on Fox again so uh, quickly shows that they have high hopes for him. Bit of a strange one, this, Matty. He was very tall, Valenzuela, or Berrio was particularly short. It was almost like he could put his hand on his head and just keep him at range like you do with your son sometimes. The, the height differential just made it a little bit farcical for me at times. Yeah, it was... Um, Berrio definitely seems like he should be going down a weight class and Valenzuela should probably go up at least one. But, you know, whatever. Um, Valenzuela has a heck of a motor, man. He he put his punches together really well. Um, and uh, Berrio just kind of stood there. And every once in a while, he'd throw a punch. But then Valenzuela would throw five or six punches. And then he'd just kind of stand there. And then in the last couple of rounds, Barrio started throwing some shots and he landed a few clean shots, including one that hurted uh, Valenzuela. Maybe not that might not even been in the last two. Uh, and you just wonder if the fight would have been different if Barrio worked more. He, he just was not throwing a lot and I, he didn't give himself a chance to win, Steve. Like uh, it, it, if you look at the later rounds, you're like, eh, he might be a good enough puncher and skillful enough to have pulled this out if he had just thrown punches, which through the first eight rounds, he had very little interest in doing.
Yes, we'll keep an eye on those boys uh, with great interest, Andy. You were just letting me know there about a Canadian card coming ne up next weekend. I, I had actually spotted that one on the box rankings. Old Tepper's back in action, but his opponent, I know that he's going places. You were watching various things last night uh, through various means. I think South Africa was your port of call, and was it, it, was, it was Austria the other week, wasn't it? I'm not sure if Austria featured again this week, or you seem to be having a great time with it anyway. Oh, I mean, it's amazing. Fucking hell. Um... Uh, what can you say? Uh, I watched to Tommy Ernsthausen, obviously. He's talking about wanting to fight Kevin Lorenya. He's back with some sort of kind of slumber, eight-round majority decision. Uh, no great. He's not really a great runner to really a uh, cruiserweight either. Um, he got a gift to seven decision against Machuno a few years back. Lost a return. Um, and I, I think he maybe even uh, took a, another L off someone else. Forget who it is at this point. Um only caught a couple of uh, fights in that kind of, it, was, it was one of those nights that mate whereas you didn't have a lot on so you had it's like everything else you have got something on in the background sports wise and that you know mm. what I'm talking about so yeah it was kind of like sitting down for like maybe a couple of rounds here and there and that but I did catch most of those thousand no great stick a pin in it uh, earlier night I just kind of stuck on the VPN went through it and found the, that car for Austria that Stefan uh, Nicolucci I think his name is the Austrian guy fighting for the cruiserweight title of Austria uh, and he's fighting an Italian guy so only in boxing do you get to see this type of shite really you know so <laughs> Flavio Mora got stopped in five rounds got really badly hurt to the body badly marked up bleeding for the nose and that and uh, took a knee counted out and uh, there was a big heavyweight making his debut on there he had a, a first round knockout as well might worth keeping an eye on him Sean Salami um, he's Nigerian based in Austria and that so maybe something no, no, you would just need to see how he kind of like goes forward for this time. Some of these guys are kind of mixed over between German cards and Bosnian cards, that type of thing. So I've no Does idea. Does Salami have a good stick? Yeah, mate, good stick. Slicing opponents up. Yeah, nice pepperami. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was all I really kind of caught this weekend, mate, to be honest with you. Um, don't think I'm, I'm, no, I've not seen anything else. I don't think. There was a Mexican card I kind of caught kind of late Friday night and that, but it was. One of the kind of one o'clock in the morning, few beers, too many, then time to bed type of thing. So, yeah, not much to report, mate. Yeah, just a quick word on Oosthausen as well. He's someone who you followed throughout his career on and off. I mean, he's in his 30s now. He's had problems with the drink in the past. I think he spent a not, a not insignificant amount of time in prison as well. Do you think that he's going to have one last run at it? Do we worry about him after he eventually hangs up the gloves? Is boxing keeping him on the straight and narrow? I mean, we, we wish the guys like this the best, yeah. but I do, I'm concerned about him going forward. Well, I mean, there was there was question marks. I remember he was at 68. Um, I remember some of his fights had in America. I forget who's... Whose cards they were on again at this point? That, but it was really lackluster. He had problems trying to make weight. You see, he had the drug issues and alcohol issues. I think he'd even went away off uh, the rails, prison, fighting in the streets type of thing. Um, just one of the things, mate. He's 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 toward the end. I, 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 I seen that interview with him, and he was bad. The scar tissue across the, the right eye and that. So uh, probably one war too many. I think, mate. To be honest, with thirty three now. I think he's just trying to make up for lost time at this point, which is clearly not going to happen. Um, as I say, he's calling out Kevin Lorenya. Um, I think he's you know, the IBO champion or something. Yeah. Um, Biggish, name-ish fight, shall we say, in South Africa. Uh, probably one that will probably try and make at some point. But to be honest with you, based off his performance here last night against a guy who is, he's, he's, he's two and two, right? It's, it's, it's not a good performance. And I think even you know Kevin Lorenya, even though he's no great shakes himself, he's had the drug issue, isn't that, uh, that as well? And that, but I think he's too fresh for his thousand at this point, who's really just a kind of flabby cruiserweight. 
Boxing is so bad right now that there is just a card announced for it's going to be on ESPN Plus. So I mean, it's not a huge, big deal platform. They put a lot of stuff on there, but this card that's going to be televised uh, on their streaming service will be headlined by Miguel Vasquez. I I felt like I was transported about you know ten years ago, but wait, we have wait, the technology wait. of today. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a welterweight, possibly this one. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, that that's where we're at right now. Is uh, Miguel Vasquez is still going, and they're giving him every reason to do it. No, if no, all he's watching fucking he's he's in federal twig. These guys, but I'm wrestling against big uh, what do you call it, strong men and stuff. You know, well, at the time it has to be alive. Frank Gore wanted to have boxing fights and that NFL running back. It's just everybody's. I think I think we should get involved now. I think I think people would pay to watch us get slapped a bit. Yeah, that's true, man. If you want yeah. to batter us for a few quid, then just give us a shout, I suppose. No test podcast at gmail.com, Andy. Yeah, we could do. Just try and set something up. Some blood tubs or something like that. They did all back in the old fairground days. We could be the death that boxing has feared all the <laughs> years that we keep talking about. <laughs> Wouldn't that be ironic? Someone's going to die one of these days and it happens it's going to be one of us. <laughs> How many weight classes do we have covered between oh, the, the four of us? Super heavyweight. You're, you're quite a fucking... Five, so I've been, I've been your... losing weight. I bet I'm going to be down so, to light heavyweight in a month. And heavy. half. If I if I day my weight properly, I get down to about light middleweight, middleweight. Uh, Same me, light middleweight. Yeah. Uh, about Aussie, go. super middleweight. I think. It's looking a bit flabby the other week there. <laughs> I, uh, I think. Too much ale, mate. But I I be I be one who cheats the weight. Me really boil down and. Look horrendous on the scales, and then put it all back on overnight, and then but come in right. and bully somewhere. Yeah, although I might, I might do a what's it called? Try and go up in the weights and try and win a, a title at Bridge Weight or something like that. Fight you know, Dave why not? Fight Cyril Farah. Yeah, Farah. Yeah, I'll be willing to get on the plane to Bolivia. You know, go in the away corner in the car park. Why not? Well, mate, I, th- I heard you're taking uh, Smithers' corner for that white collar fight. He's having uh, a couple of weeks time against Mad Max. Mad Max, yeah, eh? ab- abs- absolutely. We're working on a game plan already. Smidho in and out, popping the shots out. Yeah, I only see one winner. Smithers taking up uh, this challenge. Big poor Kiros has put him up for it, and uh, Smithers clearly accepted it. So, uh, good luck to him. Think I should challenge. Do you think I should challenge Paul? <laughs> he might do. Maybe Paul Webb. What are you saying, Ozzy? Uh, Smidol's out running the streets now, actually. He's getting his road work in. He's taking it serious. Yeah, I've seen a video of him actually running up his road there like Jack Price. Yeah. Running up decks like Jack Price. Johnny Horsecock Nelson says, Oosthausen is a massive alcoholic, always running up debts and getting into bar fights. He'll fit right in around here. Johnny's in the chat. We shall go through the chat. Very shortly, go on, I think the descendants of the uh, Dutch who colonized South Africa just have a fucking hex on them now. A well-deserved hex, but I, I don't expect very much from the Caucasians of South Africa for years to come. Good luck, Ustaz, and going forward from Matty there. Right, Ozzy, just before we go on to the uh, Tommy Frank and Cash Ali fight from last night, a few things uh, possibly to catch up on, and then if you managed to see Daniel Dubois... Uh, since you were absent against Joe Cusimano, we've had Sam Eggington going in an absolute war, smashing his remaining brain cells against an opponent. I think it was Jaquito or something you called him. Mm-hmm. Louis Lynn's been in action as well. Anything you've caught and enjoyed over the last few weeks? Um, I think that Dubois did exactly what we expected him to do, wasn't it? Go in, blast out a substandard opponent, but look good in doing that. 
Um, there, there was a lot of reaction, you know, on the night and after it as well. And, you know, regardless of the opponent, you can never look bad banging somebody out in impressive style, can you? Particularly when you're a young heavyweight. So that worked out well for him. thought the Eggington fight was great. I was a bit unsure on the opponent at first, more so because, you know, he was just a complete unknown. But then I saw some people who'd done some research on him um, and they were basically saying that he, he fights a similar way to Eggington and this could be, you know, a brilliant clash of styles and that's exactly what it was. Um, you just wonder about Eggington, how long has he got left? Because he just, he has no form of defence, does he? He just, he fights fire with fire. It's, it's brilliant to watch. Um, I do wonder what they'll do with him next because he's up at 160. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they're trying to, you know, maybe get one last big payday for him. Can Big Mick do that? Possibly. Bit of backing from Channel 5. Not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's been pretty slow, to be honest, boxing in general at the moment. It's not been great. We keep hearing, you know, about all these channels involved. But in reality, you can't really pick, you know, like three or four good fights that stand out, you know, for the good. And it's more so for the bad. Um, we'll move on to the Hobson show last night. And it was okay. Uh, I say okay. Th that's being kind to it, to be honest. Uh, Cash Alley back out against just an absolute no mark who was 7-0. and um, But was garbage. And uh, Ali looked, you know, like he, he was. He showed he could box. Um, I just struggled to go through the gears um, I think, you know, if he had anything about him, he'd have looked to blast him out there after four rounds. Got to the seventh, the opponent was retired, rightfully as well. And again, it's like, where do you go with Cash Alley next? He had his big step up against, against David Price and fucking bit the fucker and got disqualified. So, I mean, what's he going to do next now, realistically? I mean, would he take a fight against Dubois? Is he looking for that British title, maybe against Fabio Wardley, Nathan Gorman? They're all good fights. It just depends, you know... It, does he dub himself the home fighter fighting on um what is it fight zone, or is he going to you know take an opportunity and go in the away corner but fight for a meaningful title? We'll wait and see because I mean he's defending this you know IBF bauble belt at the moment, which you know bizarrely puts him up the rankings. And if he can get a big fight from it, then the belt's done its worth. And then you obviously had Tommy Frank against Matt Windle uh, for the British title. And it was a good win for Tommy Frank. Let's have it right. You know, you forget his last two fights prior to this, he got beat um, by that Mexican guy, you know, he brought over, um, we, I forget his name, but we last saw him, you know, I think Sonny Edwards beat him pretty convincingly. Mm -hmm. so it was quite interesting. Um, you know, Frank, you know, back-to-back -back defeats came in, arguably for a better title as well, you know, the British title on the line. And he's got his hands on that now. Um, it should have been against Kyle Yusuf, who pulled out through injury. Windle stepped in. You know, he did have some notice. So I'd like to see that Yusuf fight next. But always great to see the British title on the line. Uh, Frank was a worthy winner. Would like to have seen him maybe go through the gears and get the stoppage. But it is what it is. He, he was a worthy points winner. And that's as good as that card really gets, to be honest. Yeah, good luck to Cash Ali. It'd be interesting to see, I suppose, from a domestic level to see how far exactly he can go. But at the moment, his biggest, uh, well, he's, he's the claim to fame, notoriety, everyone will call it, is biting old David Price. But he shall jump out of those shadows at some point and maybe do, do something worth uh, worth uh, getting that record up there, Matty. Do you think when he when he's considering who his next opponent might be, he, uh, he he's taking flavour into consideration? 
<laughs> Riddick Bowe liked the old KFC, didn't he? So he might have a nice flavour to him after all these years. He could get in with Big Daddy. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and Tony, uh, if he uh, survives his fight over there in the uh, islands where rich people hide their money, who knows? Uh, you know, uh, Burger King back in business, baby. Well, you got Holyfield, you got Bo, Matty, you got James, Tony talking about coming out in the Bahamas as well. It's, it's all getting messy. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. At the very least, uh, we should have a reality show with them all living in the same senior community, and uh, I think the world would be entertained. The fights would make themselves. You don't even have to pay for them. Yes, we'll look uh, look over that with interest then. Jason Chahal has jumped into the chat just in time. Good evening to you. Let's have a look who else is hanging around there. Johnny Horscock Nelson's with us. Ryan Ormerod, uh, Bobo Payday. Um, M. Lithgow 1983 is with us as usual. Jim McDonald Boxing, Amit Sharma. Let's see if we've got any new names. Jimmy Tappy's with us, Leon the Canteen. Hattam as well, uh, Patreon subscriber extraordinaire. The Motor City Cobra, welcome to you. Niall M., uh, Joe Kennedy, he's always here. Josh Ford, Mark Boxeo. Let's have a look who else we've got. Uh, Callum B, DJT1785. Get on the call. Why don't you, Mr. DJT? Good to see you as well there, Charlie Burley TV. I don't want to miss anybody out here. We're all inclusive at the asylum. Let's see if there's any new names. Neil Sinclair, last few. Let's have a look who else we've got here. Stephen Machine. Oh dear. Right. Um, let's have a look, see if we can fix this. Hold on. All right. Yeah, I've got I've got the bars appearing. Got the bars appearing, Andy. They could be on Fortnite upstairs. Might as well go and shake some people here. Hopefully, go kick okay some ass, now. Steve. Go, go um, kick some ass, and we'll we'll hold down the fort. I I'm very. I'll go very and kick curious. some ass, Matty. You can talk about you. You can talk about whatever you want. Go on. Yeah. Andy, I'm kind of curious uh, what your thoughts are on uh, how many fights do you think that are that we're actually potentially looking forward to happening before the end of the year are going to happen? Are we looking at a 50-50 scenario? Because even when they do well and they get a decent fight up, we get fucked out of it. That whole plan for uh, Figueroa against Neary, winner fights uh, Stephen Fulton, great plan, loved it. Fell apart at the last minute because of fucking COVID. It's getting backed up as well, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we were heading into fight week for Joshua Usyk and that, so you're, 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 just, you're just fingers crossed. Everything crossed that, you know, nothing happens in either camp, but everything's going to be clean, tidy. Um, who else we got coming up? Uh, Fury Wilder, hopefully. When did they say for that fight in November? Um, Gonzalez Estrada's been lost to COVID. Has that been rearranged yet? I don't know. Um, what other fights we got? Um, Canelo against Plants Canelo is at the Plant. beginning. Uh, Crawford against Porter just announced November 20th. I think I might make make the way out for that one, actually. Sounds fun. Well, there you go. There's some decent fights to look forward to. Um, How many of them happen? Well, loads of people would probably say, well, the Fury doesn't happen. Um, Really, it's just a a roulette shot at this point, really, isn't it? I mean, you just don't know. I mean, it just takes one slip mistake in that. Somebody's pops positive and the whole camp's got to isolate. You just don't know, mate. Um, But yeah, it's look. Hopefully they happen. We need to get something to look forward to, especially biggish fights. We need to get Joshua Music to happen to, to get that out the road. Um, I mean, my 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 thoughts clear on you know what I want to happen now because we just had all this kind of pissing about with these big fights, Fury and Joshua and Wilder type of thing. But um, there is fights there to look forward to. Just hope they happen. Um, as I did say before, just going like Crawford and Porter on that. You know, outside the likes of Spence and that. 
I'd always believed that Crawford uh, and Porter would probably be Crawford's you know, hardest fight. Um, maybe a couple of years ago as well, it would have been a wee bit better because Porter would be a wee bit fresher. But um, who knows? I think he'll still put a good account of himself. He's usually in shape, always comes to kind of put in a, put in a shift at least, put it that way. So uh, I think Crawford will need to kind of basically... You need to dig deep at times in this fight, I believe. But you and you wonder if if he can impose his size on Crawford because he has the kind of style that can be really physical. So if Crawford is is really the smaller man in the ring, that could be to his detriment. Yeah, yeah. Steve back in the call, there, right, mate? Yeah, I'm back, boys. Yeah, nobody's streaming, so I don't know what the crack is. You just have to keep me informed if it starts to go dodgy again. I don't know. It's just happened these last few weeks now. I seem to have a a poor connection for some reason, so I might have to go and. I have to go and bash some heads if it carries on. Uh, I hear you talking about Crawford Porter there. Uh, I don't know if you had your say or not, Ozzy, but I was going to mention this actually about the purse bids and that 20th of November, I think it is. Las Vegas, Mandalay Bay, finally Crawford uh, getting that opponent that he kind of needs, I think, Oz, given the last seven or eight opponents. We know his talent, we know he's legitimate, but he needs those names on the resume now. Yeah, and, and this will be one, won't it? Um, I think it's as good a fight as can be made without, you know, Errol Spence... Um, you know, who clear, you know, has obviously had that horrible eye injury. Um, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, interesting that they came to an agreement prior to purse bids as well, which shows that deals can be made from one side and the other, which you you know usually they're completely ignored whatsoever. So, um, great fight. Really hope there's no you know any hiccups or anything like that. Um, and I do think we'll probably see the best of Crawford in this fight. I think it's a fight that he can get his teeth stuck into. You know, he knows that if he if he's not on top performance, he'll lose. I mean, it's rare you see Sean Porter, you know, get absolutely dominated. Doesn't happen, does it? It does not happen. Um, he's always in, you know, close, tough fights, makes it difficult for people. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Glad to see. Uh, and, and can't wait for it. Should be, you know, after all the fights we've had ruled out this year, fingers crossed it's a good way to finish the year. Looking forward to that one. Let's have a look at the questions the boys have thrown in here. We had one from Arsenal. Let me see. I think it was Mercurial one. Uh, threw this in a few weeks ago for Belly of the Week, but I was going to mention it. I know we are planning on going live for the Patreon people during the first instalment of Sky Sports Boxing on October the 2nd, featuring Chris Eubank Jr. I know Josh Taylor is going to be featuring as well at some point. Uh, Arsenal isn't happy about this, Andy. He says, what a pathetic lineup. A value of the Week nomination for sure, closely followed by Zone Boxing for their price increase for not changing the game. We haven't really gone too in-depth on Sky so far since Eddie disappeared and Bean announced this new lineup with Ben Shalom. Don't really know what he's bringing to the table. Um, are you happy with what you see with the names? Willing to give it a chance and see how it pans out in the short term? Um, I've not seen the... Have they issued a schedule yet? I'm trying to remember what it's put. They've issued now. Uh... Eubank yeah, against got, some bum. Got, yeah, Eubank coming up against somebody. I've they got React pause on the schedule as well and a few other names which Huey, I'll try and dig out Huey, for you. They got Huey Fury against Christian Hammer as a headliner in Newcastle. Savannah Marshall's on that undercar with Lewis Ritson. Then they've got Jack well, Josh Taylor against Jack Catterall yeah. in November as well. I think that's all they've revealed so far. And they've not revealed any of that undercard on for the Catterall um Taylor Taylor boat. I see um, Avanessi's fighting Liam Taylor as well for the for the European. Yeah, that's that's on the Eubank card. That yeah. Um, to be honest, mate, we just need we just need 
wait and see. Give them, you've got to give him a chance. At least everybody knows, or everybody's talking about, you know, his Ben Shalom character. We know what he's like with, 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 you know, with boxing. Give him a run, see what he says. Six months, then we'll, we can report back on that. But it's no, it's no solid for me. You know, Chris Eubank fighting. Was that a German guy? I don't know who he's fighting. Sven Elbeer, I think you call him. I mean, we keep saying it. It's just it's that same kind of path that his old man was on in that. Um, Josh Taylor, understand that he, he promised him the fight in that as well. So fair play to Josh, step him up to his obligations. And you know, Jack's been waiting forever to get a he's, he's shot a title in that. So big opportunity for him. Um, yeah, look, we'll tune in, we'll wait and see in that. But it's nothing really to write home about. It's no any better than what's happening over in the zone. It's no any better than what's happening. Well, nothing's happening at BT just now and that. So yeah. Uh, what, what are you thinking, Ozzy? Obviously, uh, Taylor Catchall's the standout. That's not for another few months. Eubank's a name, but his, <laughs> his opponent level is increasing. I don't know, it just seems to be consistently underwhelming. You expect him to have that big fight. It never comes through. You've got Avanessian against Taylor, which is a decent enough fight. I was wondering what had happened to Riakpour. can barely pronounce his opponent's name. Huey Fury Hammer, I suppose that's not too bad. And you've got the top-ranked link-up, which is bringing Herring against Stevenson for us as well. So that top-ranked link-up is kind of giving a, a little bit of an added boost, I suppose, with the international content. Yeah, I, I mean, I, d I don't judge Sky off their international stuff. It's great that they've got that link up, but let's have it right. Top rank aren't the promoter. So whilst it's great that they're bringing the fights in uh, and it's good that they're showing them, I'll judge, you know, UK networks off the UK stuff they put out. And on the initial outlook, I don't think it's brilliant. Um, the undercard of, of what's it called? The Eubank one isn't bad. You know, mm. Avanessi and Taylor... Taylor's the you know like one of the first people who's actually stepped up for this. He was made, you know, the EBU made this fight, and he he wanted the fight against Avanessian. Uh, great to see Avanessian, you know, uh, back out there after an impressive win against Josh Kelly. Um, Jamal Ledoux against Jermaine Brown. I think that is uh, for some sort of eliminator, uh, whether it be a British eliminator or something like that. But I'm all for you know evenly matched fights, regardless of the level. Um, I don't think, you know, it needs to be big names to be on TV. If it produces the goods, i.e. Eggington against an unknown prior to fighting, everyone's going to be happy. Um, React Paul's making a longer way to return after, you know, promotional and managerial disputes. You know, obviously, Dillian White looked after him. I mean, he's against, you know, is it Christoph Twardowski? Um, he'll just be a tough poll, and I think, in reality, React Paul will probably blast him out of there. Uh, Mikhail Lawal, Stephen Ward. So there's a bit of depth to this. Um, Mikhail Lawal, you know, has been, I think, did he, I think, he, you know, he, he won one of those. Um, boxer things, boxer yeah, yeah. He won one of those boxer things, and then he only had one bout last year, obviously, in the COVID year. Uh, and then he's against big Stevie Ward now, who, I mean, he's okay, Stevie Ward, isn't he? Um, struggled at, light, you know, at light heavyweight in terms of just getting down to the weight. Um, this is an interesting fight. I, I don't mind that again. Uh, Linus Adolfia, you know, Goodwin Boxing, uh, look after him. He's now got his big opportunity to fight on TV. I mean, he's against some random Albanian, you know, 17-3, and three, but, you know, let's have it right. Not great. Joe Pigford uh, making a return. Ex-Frank Warren from, uh, fighter who was, you know, really hit hard and was always in entertaining fights and then just vanished. Well and supported as well, Ozzy. I was at a Frank yeah, show yeah, years yeah. ago and there was they made a right yeah. noise for him. Yeah, the pig. The pig, and he was, you know, he was well liked. He was fan friendly. Only twenty eight as well, so you know, he's still got time on his side. Mm -hmm. uh, but we go to the main event, and it's Chris Rank, Chris Eubank Junior. against, you know, this Sven Elbier, and 
I, I would get it, you know, if he hadn't boxed since 2019. I think he's, you know, he's had a box, uh, he's had a bout of COVID and stuff. But Eubank Jr. boxed earlier this year, and that was against Marcus Morrison, an opponent that was completely underwhelming then. I, I put Elbier probably probably a step backwards, to be honest. I'm going to give Morrison some credit there and say he's better than Sven Elbier. So we're not going to learn anything new about Eubank whatsoever. Um, I'm not saying, you know, it needed to be an absolutely huge name um, in this, you know, in terms of, you know, the first fight on Sky. But what I would have liked to have seen is a better name, without a doubt. Not of this rubbish that we're seeing at the moment between Sven Elbier. Um, I mean, I'd rather see him in against Sam Eggington. At least it'd be quite interesting. I'm not saying Eggington would win, but it'd be quite fan-friendly. You know, Miles better than this guy. Um, and then you've obviously got the Huey Fury show as well, which I don't mind Fury against Hammer. We've seen Fury, you know, Fury stop uh, stepping up at the top level, you know, against the likes of Povetkin and Pulev, and he falls short. Um, he beat Marius back in, you know, a pretty bland fight. Hammer, you know, he's not great, but he comes to win. Um, and he probably sees Fury as a winnable fight as well. So I, I don't mind uh, that as a main event either. Uh, Savannah Marshall, you know, she's defending that world title against uh, the woman who should have been on the, I think it was the Matchroom show before she got COVID. And then there's no fights for the rest of that card confirmed at the moment. So it's it's a steady start. I wouldn't say it's great. Um, I think it's better than what BT are churning out at the moment. Frank's really got to lift his, you know, his standard on his shows. I, just, I don't understand what he's doing at the moment. You know, he's got a brilliant platform. And the standard of shows that we're seeing are garbage at times. And, it's not difficult. I mean, Matchroom have got the big show at the moment with, you know, that Liverpool show in, um, in three weeks. Great show. Um, but, you know, I, I always say, you know, all these, I don't necessarily believe that just because you've got loads of, you know, TV channels involved, um, does it mean it's the best for British boxing? I'm not so sure because there's only so many fighters you've got and your product becomes diluted when fighters are going elsewhere. Um, and I think we're seeing that at the moment. I think we, we really are. You know, Sky, you're picking up anything, you know, on the board circular just to pad out cards. Matchroom are, have got depth. Uh, they've got this Liverpool show, but the previous show prior to that wasn't great. So we're going to wait and see. We'll wait and see. But I'll see what Sky put on the Taylor card, I think. But they've got they've got time. They've got to be given a chance. I've been told that they're going to work a lot more with MTK without officially working with MTK which if that's the case and they tap into their stable uh, for what I've been told BT are making a stance against MTK because they don't like the look of working, you know, with Kinahan, et cetera. So that, you know, Jack Catterall was a Warren fighter. He's now on Sky. Liam Williams, big name for Frank Warren, MTK managed. Could he end up on Sky if that's the case? Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, BT making a stance against MTK. They must be making a stance against boxing as well, because that means they're going to pretty much destroy half of the the options that they've got there. Des says, uh, how many warm-up fights does Eubank Jr. need? I agree. I just want to see him in these bigger and better fights. And, I mean, his career is not going to go on forever. He just needs to do a bit more for me to maintain interest. He's got the name. He's got the status. So uh, let, let's stick him in there. Uh, Matty, I was going to ask you actually about Savannah Marshall. Not so much about Marshall, but about the link with Clarissa Shields. Uh, Marshall's defending a title against Lolita Mazea, who 
16 and 0 with eight knockouts, 30 year old Zambian. Uh, not quite a household name, but she seems like she could be pretty decent. If she gets past her, she could fight the GOAT. Uh, Bean has made uh, made it known that Clarissa Shields is going to be on Sky and she's flirted with MMA, UFC, all those type of things to try and raise her profile. Do you see Marshall, uh, Clarissa Shields down the line? Where does Clarissa's future lie? Do you think she's going to get those big paydays, Matty, that she, that she craves? Well, I mean, big payday relative to women's boxing. Um, yes. and those are decent. I think that's a decent fight for, and I don't, and the one thing with there being such a lack of options, uh, because the, the number of fighters in women's boxing is so thin. Um, I, I think that, uh, this is a, you know, it's a lot easier to make the quote unquote big fights just because there's such limited options. You know, sometimes there's not even an option in the same weight class that, uh, that really challenges these, uh, upper tier women. So uh, it, it should be a, a decent fight. I think that Shields uh, definitely has enough to, uh, to, to, to to take Marshall. But you never know about an undefeated gal coming out of Africa, man. She might have seen some shit. So that can, might be a really tough bitch. You don't know. But, hey, as far as the rest of the stuff goes there, um, uh, it, not a whole lot of it looks exciting. But there's been so little boxing lately. I think that I'd be willing to watch DeMarcus Cor- Corley fight Miguel Vasquez from an iceberg. Uh, you know, bring it on. Two people in the ring. Yay. Demarcus Corley still going strong. Uh, Andy, over in the Dubai, uh, Ozzy mentioned it earlier there, Martin Bacoli knocking out this Haruna Osamanu. We expected, we knew exactly what was going to happen. Got knocked out in a round and that. Bacoli's going over there to Dubai to sort of get his action. Another one who's been quite, kind of signed by AD. Billy Nelson's calling for the big fights. Do we need to see Bacoli going in? I always thought that the Huey Fury fight felt like something that could be made there, yeah. but they're going to have to do something with him. There's a lot of these fighters who Eddie picks up and he ends up in the Hearn graveyard or on the shelf or having to go out to these different places. Seeing Robbie Davis Jr. kicking off on Twitter as well. These guys just get discarded or maybe not used effectively. I'm not always saying it's necessarily Hearn's fault. It could be something in individual cases down to the camp or the boxer themselves. But to see Bacoli over there fighting against that absolute numpty, uh, Osamanu, I mean, just to kind of expect better for him and Billy Nelson yeah. at the start of the career. Um, to what I was listening to anyway, I was listening to Danny Flick's interview with, with Billy Nelson, he was based in Dubai. I think uh, by the sounds that he's probably left Heron because Billy was saying that they've accepted everything uh, in terms of you know offers uh, or everything that's been put in front of them and nothing's materialised. Now, we've heard that Martin McCauley's now been given a three-year citizenship or three-year stay. Um, his family's got, uh, got uh, their visa and that as well, so is their son. Um are due in the UK, I think, sometime next week, and Bacoli picks up his status, I think, next week as well. So, Billy's been also been thanking MTK for the for the help in this uh, in this case. That so, I'm beginning to wonder if he's if he's new with MTK, and if that is the case, you would expect them to get at least some sort of opportunity or something resembling like kind of fifty fifty fights that's going to kind of try and get him into a potential shot of some sort, uh, you know, against a top fighter. I don't know about uh, world titles. I think it's just we way out the picture, but um, see so if you see me MTK and that, I think he, he will he'll definitely get opportunities. I think I think we can all agree that they, they put on the best the best fights, fifty fifty type fights and that, and uh, if they can do good by him by getting his family across and that and get his citizenship, you know, help him out in that regard and that, you would think they would try and get him some good fights and that as well. Uh, if they went to that expense to try and help him, so yeah, uh, we'll wait and see. 
Yeah, he's had a bit of action over the last couple of years, obviously with COVID and all that, Aussie, it's been difficult, but he managed to get rid of the kingpin, Sergei mm-hmm. Kuzmin, in his last fight, which I've forgotten all about. I'm not really sure. I can't remember how that fight went now, but then he's got this Osamanu. Is Billy Nelson still involved? I always joked, well, not really a joke for Billy, but that when the big fights for Bacoli eventually came around, Billy probably would have been discarded by that point. Dare's asking there if he's still involved and all, but the Bacoli saga, it's all getting a bit weird for me. Uh, he is. Uh, I mean, you know, he takes some stick, Billy Nelson, but what I will give him is he's helped Bacoli get his visa. He's been his sponsor mm. so he can get, you know, a three-year stay in the UK. He'll obviously train then uh, at Billy Nelson's gym. Uh, and I think, you know, it's time to see, you know, realistically what he's got. I mean, I didn't think he looked great against Kuzmin. Uh, and then they said they wanted a warm-up fight before fighting... Pergovic. I mean, I, I do wonder, you know, what did this, what, what did they gain from fighting that Osamanu? You know, they could probably, they could have picked a bloke off the street who would have put up a better fight uh, than this guy who was just, you know, like, fat as a pig, big dangly chippy tits, you know, just a complete waste of time. Um, and I'm just looking at, you know, I, I always said it's not deep, the heavyweight division, you know, in terms of you've got, you know, you've got your top three in terms of Joshua, uh, Wilder, Fury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got after that, it's you know, I mean, I don't put Usyk in that. You can put him there at, at four, but I think they're all relatively matched. I mean, Chisora Parker both tied up. Um, I think Bacoli's going to have to take an opportunity in the away corner if he has left uh, Hearn. I mean, all we heard when he was with Hearn um, was Hearn going, "Well, we'll fight. We'll let Bacoli go and fight Daniel Dubois or Joe Joyce." It's like, fuck off. You have got countless amounts of heavyweights waiting for him. Why do you proceed just to call out two heavyweights of the, and, you know, at a rival promoter when you've got Huey Fury, you add Philip Hergovic, Derek Chisora, you know, endless amounts of heavyweights. Uh, and he just chose not to put them in. Um, so I think he's going to have to take an opportunity against maybe someone like Murat Gassiev, maybe uh, Tony Oka. Uh, someone like that. I mean, I, I just think he needs a massive fight because I don't think time is exactly on his side completely uh, in terms of like what's he going to do. Um, I, I think, I say poorly managed. It's just like he has nothing going for him, does he? He's clearly got ability, but no one knows who he is. It's not as if he sells, you know, a load of tickets he can fill an arena. It's nothing. So it's difficult for him. It's really difficult. And unless someone's going to put up loads of cash to bring a big-name opponent over, which, I'll give it to him, Cyclone did it. Hunter wasn't a massive name, but he was well-known. And Bacoli fell short. So it's really interesting for him. They've got to get him active. They've got to get him active. If he has had visa issues, fair enough. There's not a lot you can do about that, clearly. You need a visa to work. Um, That is all sorted now, and he needs a big 2022 and I think, you know, they've got to get him active, whoever he's with. And if he is with MTK, I dare say there's a better promotional outfit, as Andy said, who will get him uh, an opportunity. But time is ticking and he needs it. I mean, I'm all for, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Bacoli fights that big Thor Bjornesson, you know, Billy Nelson operating <laughs> both corners, two big heavyweights. That'll get his name out there, won't it? Or Billy Eddie running Hall between the two corners, Aussie. He'll be blown out yeah, his yeah, after yeah, a couple yeah. of rounds. <laughs> 30 seconds a corner. Well, you can get him on the one of those little shot mobilities, can't you? You know, so he doesn't have to run or anything like that. A little Brian corner Potter. Corner. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, like a hum to Yusuf. Did you see that useless cunt running about his fucking yeah, corridors the other day there? 
But he's a killer, he's, he's got one of the mobility scooters running about the corridor. He's wee aids running next to him and I try to keep up with him and he falls flat in his yeah, fucking face. Yeah. Base planted yourself like a useless cunt that he is. That's what Billy needs. <laughs> but no, but look, Billy's got all of his eggs in the in the Bacoli basket. And I, I dare say, you know, he champions him all the time. Um, and now, you know, I think with this being sorted, it'd be great to see him active, you know, just before Christmas. And, you know, why not? Why not go and sign with Sky? You know, boxer are actively looking for fighters. Go and get him on there. Get him opportunities. Make that. Not so, you know, I'm not championing you. Know, I'd, you know, I'd love to see the Fury fighters in Huey Fury. But it's a fight that, you know, is something that he needs. And that could easily be made. Uh, and then, you know, there's, there is other opponents as well that could make, you know, Bacoli for the better. But I'm keen to see how he does because, you know, when somebody repeatedly repeatedly tells you how good somebody is, it does make you think, doesn't it? Like, is this guy as good as he thinks he is? Because, you know, you can watch it, but, you know, it's like, you know, when you watch commentary, you think, you doubt yourself, am I watching the same thing? Mm-hmm. And something is like, you know, with the Bacoli stuff, Billy Nelson constantly bangs the drum and you think, am I missing something here? Am I just being completely stupid? So... We'll wait and see, but but fingers crossed he does get active. Um, you know, like I said, everything's sorted, and, and we will ultimately wait and see. But no more of Osamanu, that's for sure. Yeah, looking forward to Bacoli getting a move on, and with Billy Nelson in the corner as well. Let's keep things serious, Matty. Chris Dunn Rackman has sent in a question. He says, "I heard the show on Sunday. This is last Sunday. Lots of despair about the state of boxing and all the bullshit, politics, and ducking going on. But have they checked out dwarf boxing? I know it is a lower weight class, but it's well worth checking out. The best fight, the best in dwarf boxing." He then sent me a link, and I must say, actually, I'm not going to give it short shrift, man. This is this these little men could fight pretty well, actually. A uh, dwarf boxing for you, Matty? I I've never watched it before, but I will. I will. Uh, I'll tell you my. I, I do have a history in this kind of thing. I am a big fan of uh, midget wrestling, especially of the show, lucha man. libre v- variety. Uh, th- those are some uh, high flying little dwarfs. So uh, yeah, if these guys are uh, in there winging some shots, and uh, you know it's not some sort of a circus facade. I'm I'm all in for dwarf boxing, and uh, I uh, it could become my new area of expertise. What do you reckon, Andy? Keep half an eye on it as well? Uh, no, I don't think so, mate. Um, if he sent me some links, I'd maybe watch it, but I'm just going to ask Matty because I know he's an absolute degenerate gambler and that, that he fucking probably bets on this shit. You know? I did not. Yeah, I just found out about it, and if I find out you can bet on it and I uh, learn a little bit about these dudes, uh, yeah, I'll fucking start betting on midget boxing. I used to bet on Russian <laughs> table tennis at 2 in the morning. Do you remember that story Tommy told us when he was there in Thailand? He was refereeing this midget, sorry, this dwarf, dwarf boxing, and uh, the guy that won the fight, he robbed them deliberately and went away and left the other guy's hand instead. <laughs> they were fucking rioting. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, oh, who doesn't want that in their life? I, I'm all in. I'm all in. Tommy deliberately they robbed a, a dwarf of his well-earned victory. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's getting desperate, boys, but we're not quite uh, covering dwarf boxing yet. But you never know in the future, we might just do that, Ozzy. Uh, you've mentioned Fight Zone earlier. Andy Wedgwood uh, threw in a question last week. He said, just listen to the podcast. This was after last Sunday. A very sombre opening eulogy. That was from Matty talking about uh, Vander Holyfield, by the way. It was a weird weekend, though, wasn't it? Random question, says Andy. Do you think Fight Zone is making any money? To be fair, I cast it on the TV at home in the background at weekends. I've seen marriage proposals last week in a tiny theatre in Cole. 
bit of a knee in the head action in a fight of the week before the winner of the main bout almost got windmilled by a crowd member. I'd just like to get your thoughts, Ozzy. His fight zone a bit mad. Um, I don't see how they make cash, to be honest. You know, they're not putting on big fights. Like I said, Cash Ali's opponents aren't going to exactly do a right lot, are they? Um, they're not going to drive subscribers. Um, so, no, in the answer, I, I really don't think they're making any money. But it's difficult. You know, we've seen this before with boxing channels. Box Nation did it, and it took Frank Warren ages for that channel to turn a profit, and it wasn't sustained. And there's a reason it's barely non-existent now. Although, in an interview, he did say there are big plans coming for Box Nation, so Box Nation just keeps coming back from the dead, doesn't it? Um, they'll, need, they'll need the guy from Rain and Steel to come back from the dead, I think, to get that one like, again. Yeah. But but no, I, I don't think so. Um, I don't know what deal it is. You, you know, you might have some investors that are happy, you know, to put up cash for X amount. I mean, the one thing it is, it's an app. You know, they've not got the costs of a TV channel, which helps. Uh, but then they, look at the issue they had last night. An iOS update meant that you couldn't stream it from, you know, your Apple, I, you know, your mm. iPhones or iPads, you had to log on to a laptop then. And that's always going to be an issue, particularly if you can't get it, you know, on smart TVs. Um, so at, at the moment, no, it's very much a platform for small hole boxing. Um, that's what it is at the moment. Um, I hope they do, you know, start making a profit because, you know, I think for small hall, it is a good opportunity. You know, it might get, they might chuck a bit of dough in so you can bring better opponents, somewhat better opponents in. Uh, and it does allow you to see, you know, like... Without that, you wouldn't have been able to watch Tommy Frank, you know, win a British title last night. That would have just been, you know, you know, behind closed doors of sort in terms of TV screens. So it's got its perks, but in terms of making money, I, I just don't, I don't see how. Particularly, you know, it, it was launched at the same time as DAZN, more expensive. They've nowhere near got the marketing budgets as well. So I think it's just, you know, losing cash probably hourly at the moment. And they'll be reliant so much on driving subscribers. Yeah, good old fight zone. No, it is. Ozzy makes a good point there. It is good for the British title fights and that, giving the guys exposure. But it must be backed by people who don't like money because I cannot see for the life of me how they are making any. Let's move on to a couple more questions before we get on to the action for next week. No hanging about tonight. If there's not too much going on, we shall get in and out as quickly as possible. Uh, Joe Kennedy. Matty says, what is the biggest factor in being able to take a punch? Can a fighter with a naturally weak chin develop a good one over time? I'm interested to hear your thoughts, but I would say they could definitely improve their defense for one thing. But what do you think about Joe's question there? You can learn how to roll with a punch and take the steam off it. But people with shitty chins just kind of have shitty chins. Um, people who can take a punch, I mean, that you know, that's a lot of, uh, you know, just kind of the person with strong jaw, but a, a strong neck uh, really helps to be able to absorb punches because uh, your head doesn't rock as much. Uh, so, yeah, um, you know, if you do, if you have trouble taking a punch, something you could do is try to build up your neck muscles a little bit. But other than that, don't get hit in the face and roll with the ones that do hit you. What about PEDs? Matty, would you recommend a strong PED use? I recommend PEDs for everything, Steve. I think everybody should use them. Absolutely. Get on the drugs, says Matty. Episode 441. Thank you for that question from Joe Kennedy. Hattam Andy says, given the aberration of a trailer card, as well as Valdez scandal last weekend, and the subsequent reaction on the pod of the negative variety, might I add, what fight will finally push you over the edge, if not there already? And without saying Fury Joshua, 
what fight would reignite your fire? I seem to remember, Andy. I hope you don't mind me going back to this. You getting pushed over the edge a few years ago whenever yeah. Povetkin was popped for peds against Deontay Wilder. You threw your microphone down in disgust, and uh, that fight is to blame for me now being in the hot seat because you yeah. just had enough that night, man. Sorry, mate. That was that was me. <laughs> I, I lost the fucking plot that night. I couldn't. I, I remember it pretty well. That there was a scene. There's a, there's a I forget the name of the film. Christian Bale, I think he's trying to get into the police force or whatever it is, and he, he's, he's stuck in a traffic jam and he's reading out the letter and that to his mate and he just starts punching the steering wheel and saying, shouting, it's fucking bullshit. So yeah, I mean, I was close to it last <laughs> week, wasn't I? Eh? Just all yeah. calling it the whole entire sport, absolute shit. Um, you know, just, we just need big fights, I mean, I mean, but remember a couple of years ago when that, I mean, obviously with COVID and that, we're talking about a third fight with Canelo and Golovkin. That looks like it's fucking way off. I mean, what's Golovkin doing these days? We don't know. Um, I guess fights, you know, 154 has been okay. We've had the kind of like main belt holders unifying. Crawford Spence, no happens, a complete and utter kick in the chuckies, man. Um, Josh Taylor done the business, kept his end in the bargain. Um, and obviously you've got the, the supposed new four kings at 135, 140, whatever you want to call them. You know, fucking Lopez, Haney and all those guys and that. Mm-hmm. Lope, um, Lomachenko, Valdez popping positive. Um, yeah, I don't know, mate. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, obviously the, the Uzbek's coming into the pro scene and that. Um, Inouye's been fucking, you know, a big fan of Inouye. He's been dead quiet. Um, I would love to see him fight anybody. Maybe a rematch with an air at this point. We fucking would go doing well. Gonzalez Estrada would, would pump me up. Um, I'm Gonzalez to the end. Um, I thought they were setting. I thought they were setting him up to fight uh, 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 Casemiro. I thought that was basically uh, signed and done. I've no idea, mate. I've not even heard anything about it. To be honest with you. No, I have. Uh, Don Air came out and said, oh, "It was ringing in." Wasn't it's not Lou Debella. Um Who's involved with Casemiro or Donair? Who promotes uh, Sean Gibbons? No, Sean Gibbons does. No, Casemiro. wasn't that? Wasn't that? Was it, wasn't was that? It, 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 was, it, was, it, was it Memo Heredia by any chance? No, it, it was a US name. I can't fuck. Who was it? I can't remember the name. Anyway, it's basically said that Casemiro is just avoiding calls now. You know, isn't interested, which is a shame, really. And Donair came out and said, you know, after everything he said, you know, earlier this year, that Schaefer. sort of stuff. Yes, yeah, Schaefer. Yeah, that was it. Fucking hell, mental block. Yeah, Richard Schaefer came out and said, um, Casemiro's just avoiding everything, no interest. Um, doesn't look like he wants to sign for the fight, which is a shame, really, because I think that is an excellent fight. And yeah. particularly, you know, a bit of extra... Um, you know, added spice, you know, when D- <laughs> Casimero had a do about Donair's wife. Um, yeah. yeah. Shame if that doesn't happen. Real shame. Light heavyweight, mate. You've got Baterbev, Bivol, Joe Smith. Like, you see some of these fights get made. Terbiev's another one. Andy needs to get a move on, man. He's getting yeah, old, yeah, man. They're talking about I him know. fighting Marcus Brown. And I would actually yeah. accept that at this stage. He's, he's got to do something. Yep. I, I, I agree. Absolutely agree with you. Um, Okole, we all think he's going to be the. Well, I think he's, he could be the unified champ uh, at cruiserweight. Chuck will love that comment, but I've, I've said it before anyway. I think he could dominate there. I just want to see him get the fights made. This guy's fighting them. I think he's saying that this 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 Prajovic, nah, he refused point blank to do step aside for this fight. Am I right in saying that? And he wanted the mandatory shot. Good on him if he did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure I read that somewhere. Somebody said that to me. Is that, sure. is that for Okole? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. He That's refused. 
Yeah, they want they wanted to make the um, Junior Macabu fight, and right. the guy said no. I, right. I want the fight. And fair fucks, yeah, you can't criticize him, can you? If he's yeah. whether he deserves it or not, you know, I mean, you look at the record. Exactly. So why would he step aside? So hopefully, me if Okuli does the business there, then next fight up Bakubu. I'm happy with that one. But uh, as in terms of we're going to reignite the fire and all that type of thing, mate, it's um, as I say, you just need to get good competitive fights at a top level getting made, and that's just not happening just now. And as I say, whatever happens, that is getting you know either cancelled with COVID, drug tests are positive, and you know you've got belts getting created for everything. You know, so it's just, yeah. Look, there's not, there's just, there's nothing. Look, we've got some good-ish fights coming up. We've got Usyk Joshua next week, obviously, and that hopefully that delivers. And there's Nation Agans there, Crawford fight coming up, Canelo Plant, obviously. I mean, Canelo obviously going up at, uh, to late heavyweight would be uh, late heavyweight would get me get me interested. In that specifically he's going to go for like some Baterbev and Bivols and Joe Smith type fights, and, uh, things like that as well. So um, after this this uh, Khalid Plant fight, apart from Benavidez. Um, I don't see any other reason for them to kind of really hang around at 168, to be honest with you. The, these little uh, things, they happen from time to time in boxing, you know. It's like r- running the stock market, in it? You know, you have your ups and downs and your dips, and you, you think back to the great welterweight eras of recent times. When you got Mosley, De La Hoya, Trinidad, you know, I look back in them with CP tinted glasses, but in between that, the heavyweights at that time were real. You having to sit through Jamil McLean against Fraser Quendo, Nikolai Value over Vander Holyfield, you forget all those things, you cut them out of your mind. It goes through dips and peaks and stuff, and you're just going through one of them things. I mean, last night was a bit of a gutter for me. I was looking forward to Fulton Figueroa, and that got called off as well, and just feels for a lot of people, especially with the exhibition stuff coming up as well, that we're just going through a bit of a rough time at the moment. I think we'll we'll get out the other end and we'll carry on being boxing fans as we always do. So what you're saying is the financial crash back in 2008 is the current day's boxing? Yeah, yeah. We're just going yeah. through a bad time at the moment. The Shine boys have had their day and it, things will get better again, man. I have faith. Yeah, I'm going to get on my knees shortly and beg for it. We'll all be snorting Bitcoin in a few years and we'll be fine. I'll be on my knees asking for the divine intervention shortly, man. <laughs> uh, just before we move on, Matty, from this question, one thing I was going to say to you was, uh, if you look at the heavyweight division, over the next six weeks, you, uh, say if you get to the 1st of November, you could potentially have had uh, touch wood, it's a big touch wood, you know what this sport's like, Joshua against Usyk, Fury against World of Three, and Dillian White fighting against Otto Wallin. Three fights of genuine great intrigue to me, which are going to help shape the future of the heavyweight division. So over the next six weeks, there's something that could definitely get my heavyweight fire reignited. I like that. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that that's going on. And I'd like to see the uh, the winner of uh, the third Wilder Fury fight take on the winner of uh, Joshua against Usyk. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, Dillian White kind of hanging on the peripheries. Otto Wallen, uh has uh, definitely gave Fury one hell of a good fight. You know, uh, in many countries, that fight would have been stopped because of the cut. Uh, so it, it's interesting. And also, you know, you have some up-and-coming heavyweight talent that could make it a little bit interesting uh, over the uh, in the coming years. So that's still developing. You know, there is a clear A-class at heavyweight. But the B class is pretty loaded right now, and there's a lot of combinations that can be made in there. You know, you throw Andy Ruiz and the makes and the former title challengers to Joshua and uh, and Fury and Wilder, and those could be TV friendly fights. And uh, like Oz said earlier, you know, not every uh, fight has to uh, really matter to be good. If it's just an evenly matched fun fight, sign me up. 
Sign Matty up. Sign Matty up for the plethora of channels that are coming our way at the moment. Take Ames in the chat. Welcome to him. He says, Team Frez. Jason Chahal makes a good point. It's, it's saturated at the moment. There are a lot of apps. You have to sign up for a lot of the subscriptions and pay a lot of money across all these different platforms. If you want to watch all the fights, well, you don't have to. You, other alternative methods are available. But at the moment, I think that there are... You, we're going to need a few of these things to die off. I think Triller's on its last legs. I don't have great long-term faith in DAZN. Uh, I don't want it to fail. You know, I'm not a complete hater. And the likes of Fight Zone and that, Box Nation coming back, Premier Sports. I don't know, man, whether they're going to be long-term options for the uh, the boxing fan. Quicker domestic uh, check-up here before we go on to the big heavyweights. A good show coming up next week. I don't know if it's on Fight Zone or not. In the Leeds United FC banqueting suite. I thought this was a bit of a troll over on the box rec. You've got Jimmy First headlining. You've got Billy Pickles on the undercard. And you've got Harry Fryer going for his fourth fight as well. So that's over in Leeds if you want to get involved in that type of action. Also, our thief Daniel, uh, Dr. Hitman, the dentist himself, was in action over the weekend. Winning a six-round unanimous decision over Ronaldo Mora. Moves to 20-3, and 19-3, and three, something like that. Fair play to Mr. Hitman and a big heavyweight action next weekend. Not the big one that you're thinking of. Over in Canada, R. Slambek Mahmoudov, 12 and 0, 12 knockouts. He's a 32 year old Russian. He's six foot five. He's a big old unit, this guy. He's had three first round knockouts in a row. First against the ancient corpse of Samuel Peter, uh, domestic Canadian journeyman type Dylan Carmen, and Pavel Sauer, who was seen uh, losing to Huey Fury. It's not the greatest level of opposition, but he's moving up in levels against uh, PED spectacular Erkan Tepper. If he gets rid of Tepper early on, this could tell us a lot about Mahmoudov going forward and he could start. The fact he's based in North America is a positive for me, and he could become a bit of a threat going forward. And looking forward to see how he develops. Yeah, I mean, prior to lockdown, and that obviously I, I listened to a num- number of podcasts, and that because obviously I was in the office and I could tune out all the fucking noise and that. Obviously, working from home, and that, I didn't listen to many podcasts, but I used to listen to the, the guys for uh, Canada, like Ryan Scalia and Jason Dufexis. Mm-hmm. They were big on this Aslan bike, Matt Mudoff, and that, you know, obviously the guy coming to Russia based himself with, uh, I forget the guy's, the trainer's name. Oh. I'll pass on that to know, but he was he, he was one of the top trainers. I forget his fucking name. What's his name? In Canada. Yeah. Oh, can't anyway, think, can't we'll, think. We'll I know exactly who you're talking about, and I can't think of his fucking name either, oh, Andy. He's one of the top trainers in sport just now. He's even getting spoken about like he's one of the top trainers. French, French Canadian fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forget his name, it's going to bug me now. But anyways, uh, Tepper obviously stopped by Helene. It's not really been active as such, so I'm expecting early doors knockout. I'm going to say Matt Mudoff, which has been quite hard to get a hold of footage, I mean, actually, to be honest with you. Most of his fights are getting done on um, a online pay-per-view. Um, was it I, the Tiger Promotions, I think it is. Uh, usually something like 60, US, uh, 60 Canadian dollars and that. So obviously it's hard to get a hold of footage. I didn't really see it up in the torrents and stuff or on YouTube and that. So obviously it's a bit of an issue trying to get footage and that. But I'm going to see what I've seen a Tepper and that. Matt Mudoff has seemed to be the pretty much the banger. And I'll say he does it within four or five rounds, I think. But uh, certainly one I want to kind of try and get more footage off. It's one I want to see kind of step up in class that wee bit as well because see, we need the heavyweight division to be a bit more active even more talent coming in. Matt Mudoff, the other thing though is he's very, I think he's like 31, 32 or something. Matt Ramsey, cheers mate, that's the name, Jack WD there, uh, Matt Ramsey. Um, so I just need to see him active as such because it says time's on his side either as well. So I want to see him kind of pick it up a wee bit. 
Okay, let's pick things up, shall we, for episode 441. You're listening to the Boxing Stall and Nutters podcast. Ozzy's here, Matty, Andy and me, Steve. Haven't heard from the main man, Rapping Rob Kelly, just yet, but no doubt he will appear at some point. Bell you the week's coming up later. I think I have uh, exhausted all of the questions, pretty much. Let's get on to the big one then, shall we? Undercard first, next Saturday evening, as I said, post-fight pod will be in action if we can get those likes up. Come on, boys, show the asylum a bit of love, a bit of super chatting there as well. Tottenham Hotspur uh, Stadium in Tottenham, London, United Kingdom, as you already know, Anthony Joshua against Alexander Usyk. Uh, first of all, on the undercard, Ozzy, feel free to speak about as much or as little of this as you will. It's a bit of a strange undercard, especially down the bottom there. You've got Campbell Hatton, as always, being dragged out here against Sonny Martinez. Uh, Daniel Lappin against Pavel Martiniuk. Christopher Owsley, 12-0. Middleweight against Kassan Baysangorov, vacant title on the line there. Florian Marku, we know all about him, he's a decent ticket seller, going against Maxim Prodan at welterweight. Any of that stick out for you at all, Oz? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot a bit. I mean, apart from Campbell Hatton and Florian Marku, there's not enough really sort of lighting my fire there. No, nothing. Um, and it... It doesn't shock me that this is, you know, a pretty substandard undercard. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when 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 the main event is such a big fight, um, as we've we spoke about a coldest fight just before, uh, Prasovic, you know, is an undeserved, you know, mandatory challenger. Uh, kudos for him refusing to step aside. He wants that opportunity, but in reality, you know, this this should be an easy night of work for Lawrence Acoli, and he'll he'll blast him out there pretty comfortably. Uh, Callum Smith, you know, debuting at light heavyweight. Um, you know, g- given this guy, you know, was, you know, I think he was unified, you know, at 168, that sort of stuff. I'm pretty disappointed, you know, with the calibre of opponent he's come in with against this Lenin Castillo, who in reality is known for getting beat uh, against, you know, Marcus Brown and Dimitri Bivol. So, again, pretty pretty disappointing, um, disappointing, what's it called, opponent from a Smith perspective. Prodan Marku's not bad. I think Marku will win to be, I think. Um, th- this should have been on a fight camp um, show, shouldn't it? Um, I remember, I think it was a Welsh guy uh, who gave Prodan a pretty decent fight out in, you know, on a, I think it was an Ita- ran- random Italian show. Or yeah, Tony like Dixon. It, it was a split decision, yeah. which is a bit of a worry for me because I remember Dixon fighting Paddy Gallagher years ago and he ain't great. Yeah, exactly. So I think Marku will, uh, will win. Um, in the away, well, I say in the away corner, he, he's the away fighter on paper. Um, the the rare, I mean, Campbell Hatton, I mean, again, they're the building him like Ben, aren't they? You know, the wheeling him out on every big show, trying to get him, you know, experience, but he's shit. And he, he just needs to piss off, go and fight on the small holes and, you know, just get some experience because he's not looked good in any of his three fights so far. And I refuse to take it easy on this guy when, you know, he's getting big opportunities fighting on big shows all the time. Therefore, he deserves to be criticised like or judged like any other fighter that appears on these shows. Unless it's, you know, it's his debut. Well, this will be his fourth fight now. Uh, Daniel Lappin, never heard of him. Not a clue who he is, uh, why he's even on there. And again, that Christopher Owsley, uh, I've never heard of him either. I, I, I don't know where, why this guy is even on there. Um, I've not got a clue how he's even wound up on there. I think this lapping guy, actually, I've just had a look. He lives in the Ukraine, so it must be something to do with Uzik in terms of, you know, he, he wants one of his lads on the undercard or something. But, you know, th- th- this show, let's have it right. If we're, we're not here to talk about... Uh, the undercard, it's not great. It's all about the main event and it is expected to be like that as well. 
Certainly as we're going on to the main event shortly. Dominic's with us as well. We'll be uh, bringing him in just before we continue on the undercard. Thanks to Boxing's First. That's Dave over there, friend of the party, throwing in a fiver. He says, just a quick question, lads. How much uh, Dave Caldwell's heating bill? Could he get a better deal by shopping the market? I'd say he probably could, to be honest. When the lecky man comes around, he might be hiding out the road, I'd say. Comparedthemarket.com. Comparedthemarket, comparedtheheatingbills.com. So thanks to the fiver there for Boxing's First. And the question as well, all shall be resolved over the next few weeks. I've, I've worked in HVAC before, Steve, and I would just recommend to Mr. Caldwell that he consistently does a, a yearly tune-up on his uh, on his uh, on his furnace. And uh, if it needs to be replaced, you know, go with the higher efficiency furnace. So if you've got an 80 percenter, definitely look into 90 percenters. Technology is improving all the time. There you go, Dave. Bit of advice for you there on Sunday night. If you're listening, get in touch. <laughs> Onto the undercard, Andy, for you. Anything that's sticking out? Prasovic beat a 7.29 and one guy in his last fight, which was a bit of a tune-up. Um, I'm being a bit facetious here. He did beat a 19-0 and 0 fella before that. You'd expect a Coley to get rid of him pretty sharpish. I am inspired by the fact that he didn't want to take step aside and he was happy to get in there. That is a plus indeed. Lenin Castillo, I've seen him before. Pretty sure Bivol shut him out uh, pretty much. Going in against Callum Smith, no interest in that. And the rest of the guys, Prodan against Marku, could be a pretty decent scrap, but we're all here for the main event. Any undercard action for you, Ander? Nah, mate, I'll, uh, I'll tune into some of it. I'll see how a uh, goes. I dare say win that. I'm expecting a win by stoppage. Hopefully he doesn't drag it out. Um, we'll wait and see. Uh, Prodan, Marku, I'll keep a behind that one. Um, another than that, mate, to be honest, we have nothing else really. I know Bizan Goroff, I think that's the wrong one. I'm thinking about it. Was, I forget what one it is. It was, there was two of them. I don't know there was a Bizan Goroff years yeah. ago on the scene, about 15 years ago. He was supposed to fight Jamie Moore for the European title at one point, so I doubt that's that, him. <laughs> there's another one that I was going to fight. Um, who was the one that knocked out fucking Jacobs? This isn't the guy who fought Rob Brandt, is it? No? Let me check. It, I think it is. Oh, it yeah. is, yeah. Oh, God. No. <laughs> I wish I hadn't have found that out. Thought I recognised the name. Nothing really about the undercard for me, mate. A couple of things, it's one of those, you have it on in the background and that, but I agree with you, it's all about what's happening, main event for me. Okay, no one's interested in the undercard. Matty, anything from you that's um, floating your boat? Uh, uh, Tell me now. I just look at that undercard and all I can see is uh, the uh, the future opponents of uh, Mexican uh, greats. There you go, future opponents, yeah. future bodies. Uh, Dominic's on the call. Maybe he has some undercard interest. How are you, Dominic, this evening? I'm okay, Steve. I, I do have an under undercard interest because um, you, uh, the boys were saying Nicole's fighting and um, what we're all waiting with, with bated breath to find out, Steve, is fantasy matchup Nicole versus the real Dave Holyfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you've <laughs> seen that. That's that's barely the week material, that isn't it? <laughs> I dare say you'll get to that later on. But um, no, I'm like most of the guys. Like, I'm only really interested in the the main event. And um, well, I'll actually be away on a stag do next weekend. So um, I'll, I'll. But I think I'll, I'll we'll have a good chance of of getting it wherever we're going. But um, uh, yeah, it's um, it's an intriguing it's an intriguing fight. As to the undercard. I saw something that Dave Lee said a couple of months ago. He just he was saying it was crap, and um, when I seen that, I just decided not to pay any attention to it. So, um, yeah, I'm only really interested in the, in the main event, and uh, that's it, really. Let's get on to the main event then, starting with yourself. A big stylistic matchup. They're saying Joshua's lost too much weight. He's not lost enough weight. Nobody really knows what's going to go down here. Where's your hunch uh, taking you, Dominic? Joshua versus Usyk main event. 
Yeah, it's it's um, it's very intriguing. Um, and what I would say is that um, even if music does, there's a difference between winning the fight and getting the decision. That's a big difference, you know. I think we're all aware of that. And um, I, I'm going to say I can see music, you know, I can see him winning the fight in most in a lot of people's minds, but probably getting shafted. Maybe a draw or something, a draw and a potential rematch. But um, um, yeah, it's, uh, you sort of think if 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 Joshua was coming down and losing that much weight and trying to sort of fight in a manner similar to the way he fought against Andy Ruiz in the rematch, um, he's sort of abandoning the things that would that would give him that people are saying would give him advantage, you know, the, the natural size and strength if he's if he's trying to fight in a way that doesn't really um call upon those natural advantages that he has, um that makes you worry. Now he's obvious for for him, I mean he's obviously if he he's obviously got his reasons, but I, I go back to if people are a lot of people said after the release rematch that um this um shows that he's got more of a chance against Fury in that fight if it ever happened. But I have to say I, I disagreed with it because um you you're comparing, you know, an Andy Ruiz who was in even worse shape than he was for the first fight. And um you can't read in the and read anything into um Joshua's boxing ability. I think um the fact that he essentially ran away, he didn't really outbox him. He just sort of I wouldn't call that outboxing someone. He just sort of um stayed out of trouble and um you know it wasn't as far as I it wasn't convincing as far as I was concerned. Mm. Um, so I don't think, you know, there, if you're comparing music to Andy Ruiz, it's night and day in, in terms of, you know, real boxing ability. So um I'm gonna go for music, um, but I don't think he'll get the decision. Boys in the chat are saying there could be a potential robbery here as well, Ozzy. The aforementioned Dave Lee, was uh, he went for it on Twitter over the last couple of days and said that he was going out on a limb. And uh, picking Usyk, he thought he would do the business. What do you think about Dominic's point there, though, that Usyk could maybe do enough in the eyes of us and other people watching at home, but maybe not in the eyes of the judges? Yeah, I could agree with that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think it showed, you know, on um, how close some of the Chisora cards were that, you know, just because Chisora made it, you know, did better than expected and, you know, was quite rugged, tough, made it difficult at times, that meant, you know, people decided to give him rounds. Uh, I mean, to say that, you know, uh, Uzik beat Chisora by two points was just laughable, really. And it wouldn't show me to see it again, but it will be completely different because Joshua is not going to show that, you know, I don't think that he's got that in his locker and I don't think he'll take that risk trying to be the bully in the fight. Um, I think the one, the, the big thing is with Joshua, he can stay hit sometimes. And when he, he does, you know, when he's been clocked before, you know, we've seen it against Dillian White, Andy Ruiz, when he takes a shot, he does stay hit. Uh, I'm not saying who's that, you know, will go out there and look for the stoppage, but I, it's, it's difficult. He, he needs to start a bit quicker, Uzik, because that's one thing he did do against Chisori, he did start slow. But at the same time, was that always the game plan? I think one big difference this time round is Lamachenko's back in the corner, um, which is huge. You know, there's a lot to be said about trainers. 
Uh, and the good ones really do make a difference. Um, Uzik has had, you know, it, it seems like, you know, the camp has gone extremely well. He wants this fight. This is, you know, not a fight that has been shoved on him. He wants this fight. Um, and I agree. I, I'm, with, I'm with Dave Lee. I, I'm with Dominic. I, I think Uzik will win this fight. Uh, I think he will. I think he'll like boxing completely. Um, I, I think he will land the. I think Joshua might land some of the more telling shots. Uh, but at the same time, I think Uzik will just outwork him at times. Um, Joshua one thing, Joshua has had to change more things than Uzik, that's for sure. Look how slim Joshua is now compared to what he was earlier. You know, you know, for the, you know, for previous fights, he has lost a lot of weight for this. He's a lot more leaner, and I think they're worried about the footwork of Uzik. That's why, and I don't think they wanted him, you know, to be this big, st- not static, but you know, a bigger target to be there. So I think Joshua's planning to, I mean, will he try and do it? Will he try and box the boxer? I mean, Joshua can box as well, you know. We we do, you know, we do criticise him and things like that, but he's not, you know, a complete, you know, like Wilder is very much, you know, he's got an unbelievable right hand and it's won him every fight going. But Joshua has got more in his armour than that. Um, but that's saying, I think Uzik, Uzik will just be one step ahead in everything. Um, I, I don't buy the fact that, you know, oh, he didn't look great against Chisora. That doesn't mean, you know, um, he can win uh, because that, that's that's bullshit. That Joshua's not going to fight the fight Chisora did. Uh, and people are saying, oh, yeah, he didn't look great against Chaz with the spoon either. Yeah, who cares? Who fucking cares? It was a run out. Who the fuck is Chaz with a spoon? Um, and let's have it right, Chisora's give fucking more, you know, has given more difficult fights recently to the likes of Dillian White, you know, Joseph Parker. Um, he's banged out other people, and people think, you know, Dillian White could give Anthony Joshua a fight. Well, no. If if we're going on the same triangle theory, what other people like to work with, Chisora gave, albeit, you know, White banged him out in the second one, but my God, was it two and four? I think Chisora was ahead on the cards. Um, so those triangle theories don't work. But no, I think I've got I've got this awful feeling the cards are going to be debatable, and that's the one thing we're going to be talking about again. Uh, I don't know the the rematch situation. You know, if it is going to obviously, I, I assume Joshua will have a rematch clause in there should he fall short. If it's controversial and Anuzik, you know, um, did warrantly, you know, deserves a rematch, and Joshua gets the win, I wouldn't be shocked if the belt is tossed away, mm. should Fury then go and win, and then they'll make the Fury and Joshua fight. But I just think Uzik's, Uzik's boxing ability um, will be there, that this thing, you know, can he take a shot? He boxed at super heavy, you know, I know he was all amateur and they've got bigger gloves, but these lads aren't smaller, are they? You know, like Joe Joyce can punch, and, you know, Uzik, you know, well and truly took the shots off him, People say Murat Gassiev hits like a heavyweight and harder. And, you know, he was absolutely fine against Gassiev. He took big shots off Bradis as well. Um, I, I am not worried about Uzik in this whatsoever. Uh, I think he's got an excellent corner. He seems in great shape. He's, you know, he's always good. And it, it, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I don't think it will be completely one-sided, but I wouldn't be shocked at, you know, uh, a 116, 112 for uh, for Uzik, in my opinion. 
Yeah, a lot of people are concerned about U6 chin, but I, I agree with Ozzy, actually. I'm not so concerned with his chin, Andy. Uh, Rob Barnett says there, U6 stops him late rounds. Johnny Horsecock Nelson says, can't see U6 looking for the KO. And Amit Sharma says, don't think U6 has the power at heavyweight to trouble AJ. This is a point I was going to raise to you, Andy. What about the power thing? We're kind of going along the lines of U6 as the opportunity to outbox him, use his footwork, outmaneuver him and win on points. Or AJ is the big, powerful, natural heavyweight, catches U6 and knocks him out. What about Usyk as a puncher of sorts? I mean, he's accurate, he's strong, he's not a small dude by any measure. And if AJ uh, tires in the middle rounds, as he has done in the past, can we see the propensity for Usyk to actually yep. hurt AJ as well? Yep, definitely, mate, absolutely. But first, I've got to kind of address everything that the, the guys are saying there, which I wholeheartedly agree with, especially the guys in the chat and that. It's, it's, it's sad, really, that we're all thinking along these lines that, you know, we think that Usyk could potentially outbox him and still get absolutely horsed on the cards and that because we've seen it before. Um, I mean, look at it. I mean, Usyk was done on two cards against Bellew. Um, and you say that you, because Tesoro, you know, is usually competitive in fights and that, he made it closer on the scorecards. So people kind of like revisionist that, you know, a little bit. Joshua slimming down is probably just the fact that he's trying to kind of, like, maintain the gas that, but he's never really had a really good gas tank, I don't think, Joshua. And as I said before, of course, Usyk could get knocked out, he could get, he could get dropped in that. You just don't know, but say, doesn't he? And say he gets into the sixth and seventh round, whereas, you know, he's starting to weary and he kind of change it up. You know, Usyk's kind of like floating about and he's using angles, he's dropping, the, you know, the left hand of the body up top, trying to throw the right hook in here. People are forgetting that this is, this is probably close to a prime southpaw that Joshua's ever faced as a professional. So uh, you've got to factor that in as well. Both guys have not really been active as such. Usyk has sat on this. He has even went to his lawyer to try and get this fight made. And he's finally got it. Um, I think he's going to do it. I've been with him all the start, now, but I believe he can he can win the fight. Um, if he does it, I think he's got to do it by stoppage, to be, to be honest with you. I, just, I can potentially see an absolute fucking travesty on the scorecards. We've seen music start uh, slowing for some fights, and that shall we say. Uh, maybe gives up the first couple of rounds too often. Maybe having a look in that, maybe try to pick up a few things and that, see if we can work on. I don't think he can afford to do that. Does Joshua come out? I think what he needs to do is he'll probably come out. If he still had that natural kind of, he would still be the natural bigger guy, obviously, that bank, he'll get on the front foot, try and jab him and just sit on that jab. Um, See see how he goes. It goes for there. If he starts landing some heavy shots in that early doors, it may get Usyk kind of thinking in that. We just don't know. Um, it's really intriguing for me in that it's obviously Usyk's first proper test, shall we say, at heavyweight against a guy kind of close to his prime in that as well. All the belts to a point. So um, yeah, I think he can do it. Um, but I just think something shady. I just kind of shake it, and I know it's got like negativity. But all the guys have said that. Look, if I'm saying it, also say that. Dom say that even the guys in the chat are thinking that and that as well. We've seen it happen too often in these big fights. We saw it in the Fury Wilder first fight where we get robbed, you know, of what should be a big spectacle, big event, you know, big fight, and we something something just kind of crops up. It's, it's just wrong. So hopefully we, uh, we don't get that. I don't know who the judges are for this fight yet, but um, it better be square. It just or the referee as well, Andy. That'd yeah. be interesting to see. No, it'll be interesting to see if Usyk's camp maybe even, you know, got it written in the contract. It's got to be, you know, one judge for Britain, one for America, one for Europe. And maybe an American referee. Is uh, I think they'll, uh, yeah, I think they'll bring in an American referee. I can see yeah. one of them boys, yep, definitely. Jack, Jack Reese would do for me, like... Um, if... oh, you don't see him. Well, or maybe it's just me. You don't tend to see him. Yeah, it's on the road, the... Not, eh? You never yeah. see him on the road, no, not, not, not really, not really, no. 
That's one thing mm. I've never noticed with Jack Reese, you know, officiating on, on the road and that. But yeah, well, <laughs> I bet you Usyk said, yeah, we're, we're not going to take any fucking British refs. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm saying he, he's going to do it. Um, it's one of the things on that. He wins the fight, but doesn't get the decision. Who, should, who knows and that. But I think he's got, if he's going to win, he's got to do it by stoppage with, just to remove all doubts. Um, clearly... Josh was thinking along different lines than that as well as he's, he's took he's took the weight off, trim right down for this fight. Clearly thinking about you know, a distance fight of some sort. That if Josh, if 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 one of the other hurts, that the you know the other guy in that um, Josh, if he gets you hurt, he can just unload, try and get you out of there. Usually, I'd imagine that as well as he's he's not going to be shy and fucking getting in there as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. I just think if if Usyk can just somehow uncork her fucking beauty down the middle, just like uh, Klitschko did with the right hand, but if he can do it with the left, um, yeah, I think we're in for an interesting fight, and it did leave quite rightly to say the cross Twitter and that as well, as he's, Joshua get, get, gets properly stunned, he has got that Bruno effect, whereas it's just, he doesn't know how to react to it, he's got no other dimensions to his game that he can actually, like, you know, grapple and hold, work underneath, you know, just, just that type of thing, he would just look to fucking shoot it out, go back and watch him against, uh, in his world amateur final, against the, the, the Azerbaijani, I forget his name right off the top of my head, just Majidov, I think it was. He got hurt in that fight, uh, second round, I'm sure, and he just fucking balls that He just hung his balls out there and went for it. Same he did against Ruiz, hung his balls out there again and fucking finally got stopped in that. So, you just don't know if if uh, if he does hurt him. I don't think he's got any other strings to his bow that could potentially try and pull him out the fire other than, than grapple. But then that comes with its own cost, and that you know you could get deducted points for you know being excessive with it, and that you just don't know. Uh, we wait and see, but I'm going to say the big man does it, big music by late stoppage. Yeah, RWR in the chat as well saying about you know Joshua's a good boxer as well. I don't want this to become completely one sided. He is a good boxer. He's got a good uppercut. He's shown that he can come through uh, tough times. I think that if Usyk hurts him and catches him in the crossfire, it's going to be really interesting to see if Usyk can get him out there. And then if he loads it on, if he hangs back or whatever. Joshua's showed balls in the past, and I mean. I look forward to Joshua fights. I honestly do. I think that more often than not, they're exciting affairs. His fight against Klitschko 2017 was class. The fight against Ruiz, the first one, was really good. He's an exciting fighter, Matty, and I look forward to those things. There's two things that I'll be looking out for on Saturday night, most of all. First of all, if Usyk gets through those first few rounds without taking a big shot, or if he does, how he reacts to Joshua's power. And then we know Joshua tends to lag a bit and the gas tank starts to diminish in the middle rounds. But he showed before against Klitschko where he battled back, as I mentioned, against Dillian White where he battled back from being hurt. Against, um, what was the other one now, where he got... Um, he got hurt as well. Um, well, not Pulev. He wasn't hurt against Pulev, but he had him down a few times. Could have thrown it all to the wall, kind of diminished a little bit in those middle rounds, came back and stopped him late, showed that patience and that fitness. I don't think his fitness is as bad as people say. That will be an, an interesting thing as well. If he can last through those middle rounds, then can he come back on strong in the later rounds? There's so many different factors to this, but the, the overriding point I'm trying to make, Matty, is I'm looking forward to it, man. I look forward to Joshua fights. I think this is an excellent fight and something that we should all be excited about. Joshua is an, is an exciting fight, and he is a very good heavyweight. He's just one with a, a questionable chin, and that makes it all the more exciting. 
Uh, the only way to make it not exciting is to learn how to fight like Vladimir Klitschko uh, did throughout the, the prime of his career, which is truly only for the diehards and purists. Uh, but I, I think all of you guys are wrong, and Anthony Joshua is going to knock out Usyk. Alexander Usyk is a very, very good fighter, but he's not like Evander Holyfield, and he's not going to be a cruiserweight uh, and heavyweight champion. He is—he's uh, going to be stopped by Anthony Joshua, um, and it probably is going to be that uppercut. It, it's an exceptional uppercut, and and Usyk is going to have to is is going to have to do some fighting up close and he's going to be primed for that being the smaller man. And I think he's going to get cranked by it. So I'm going uh, Joshua by uh knockout, but uh, to finish off a parlay with the, uh, with Jake Paul winning uh, his fight. Uh, I just need Joshua to win for about even money. So uh, any Anthony Joshua W is good by me. How could you drag Jake Paul into this conversation, Matthew? It was one of the boxing has been so slim. It was one of the only other fights that was on there. I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty sure thing. So I just went with it. I so yeah, it, and I got to even money between the two of them. Jake Paul to win, Joshua win, got me to like minus one oh nine. There we are. That's all yeah. meaningless to me. But Matty seems to be enjoying himself over the pond there, as is Joe Kennedy. He says AJ will catch him in an exchange early, and that'll keep Usyk too honest and unable to win. Points behind AJ Jab, 116-112 job. Throw in your predictions, everybody. I'll go around the panel at the end and we can all make our predictions as well. Everyone knows notoriously my predictions are terrible. Usyk, yeah, Brady's dragged him into a scrap. Gassiev couldn't. He caught him with some heavy shots. People go on about, you, you don't, like Ozzy said earlier, you don't really know what you're watching. Gassiev is meant to be this monster puncher. We never see him. We never seen him at heavyweight against anybody half decent. Do we know if he's a monster puncher at heavyweight? He caught Usyk with some big shots, didn't move him. That could be Usyk's chin. That could be Gassiev being overrated. Michael Hunter, I seem to remember, had a success against Usyk as well. So he's not completely infallible. And people mentioned the Weatherspoon, the Chisora fight. You can find all different narratives uh, to fit what, you know, whichever angle you want to come from. Uh, wrapping up, Kelly's on the call with us. Let's hear what he has to say. How are you, Rob? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just about to come off the Wi-Fi here. Give me two seconds. I'll just jump back on because I think it's going to get a little bit choppy there. Rob's jumping on and off, just as he does, Andy. Uh, the tickets have been thrown to the NHS from Eddie. Eddie delivering the goods on his promise here. What was he? As far as I know, I think two, 200, they were saying, yeah. Oh, 200, is that all? I mean, 200 in a 60,000-seater stadium that I've seen tickets for sale still in the droves, baby. Um, especially running about the kind of like the lower bowl. So I think Eddie could do a wee bit better than that. But mind you, our NHS is understaffed these days. Um, we're getting operations cancelled because of staff holidays, well-deserved type holidays and that. But I uh, suppose you can only do so much that after staff's got to work those weekends, you know. But uh, what need to see more of it, though. Maybe get the fire service involved, the NHS, police, local authorities, housing. Fire work. stick. Fire, fire stick. stick service involved as well. Yeah. Fight zone. They might be giving out tickets as well. Rapping Rob Kelly's back with us. How you doing, Rob? Yeah, good, good, good. Who's that? Who said? I thought Dominic. For fuck's sake, man. Um, just seeing what Dominic wrote in the chat there. Fucking even Dominic is getting me. For fuck's sake. Um, yeah, I'm good. I, I, AJ Usyk. Um, I'd be very much looking forward to it, and I won't fucking see one second of it because we have me first dance around for me wedding around the time. Dancing like so, Usyk, that footwork, Robin and out. Wait, yeah, David, so, just just got hold of your phone, stream on your phone, so you can just look at your missus' shoulder and just look at the phone. That's what I'm thinking. That's I'm gonna have it set dance. up on the table. I want to bring the phone just in case I need to jump on the post fight pod on the night of my wedding. You know what I mean? Dedication. 
doing it on my own time. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's a really intriguing fight, to be honest with you. Like, the landscape has been so shit, as you can tell from our performer flat fucking enthusiasm over the last few few weeks and months, the listeners. But this is actually a fight to look forward to. Um, such a fucking interesting style matchup. I mean, you know, I, I kind of... Early days on the pod, I think I used to get a lot of criticism for being so critical of Joshua, but it wasn't really Joshua, it was critical of it was more the AJ hype train, um, which since derailed, and since then I think I you know, kind of settled down on him. Um, I think he is a very good fighter. He's going to have to look to win the fight on the inside. The danger for me, for him, I think, is that he has to stay mid-range or keep it at mid-range in order to jump in and out of inside range with Usyk, and you just wonder where Usyk is going to manoeuvre him into Wilder mid-range. However, AJ has has to have, I think, the edge in this fight just because of the sheer physical advantage and the punching power and just Usyk's performances at heavyweight. I know like, people say don't read into him or whatever, but I kind of can't go that route when I see Chisora backed him up. And I know I know he made the adjustments, right? I do know that. But like, if, say, Joshua's smashing India for four rounds and he's going for a fast start, which I don't think he will either, but just say he comes out and they end up in a, in a shootout, and like Usyk gets dropped or clipped, it'd be interesting to see how he responds to that. Now, if he goes out and he eats AJ's power, and then he gets him past six rounds, and you start to see him maneuver, he's very good at kind of placing his opponent where he wants him to be. Usyk, um, so I wonder how he's going to be able to impose that against Joshua being bigger and more athletic um, than the guys he's fought at heavyweight so far. So I'm really intrigued. I'm going to, I think AJ has the edge in it, but I'm, I'm something in the in the water is telling me Usyk is going to. Um, pull it out, and if he does it, if Usyk does it, I could see it being maybe like a a sheer breakdown, but like, do, truthfully, I love Usyk, love him, do, I want him to win the fight, because this fucking Fury AJ fight goes away, but I think it goes away either, so really like the the now, the top three on the heavyweights could be sensationally turned on their head, the, the one, two, three could be Usyk, Wilder, and Otto Valley, uh, by the time all these fights play out, so... I mean, I don't know. That'd be awful for the sport, wouldn't it, if we don't get AJ and Fury in the ring with each other? But Usyk has something to say about it. He's pushed for it. He, you know, these things happen for a reason sometimes. So I just have, I think AJ has the edge, like I said, but I, th- I think Usyk is going to do it. Interesting, Rob. A few of the boys were saying Dominic was leading the charge, saying he felt that Usyk might do enough to win, but the judges might go the other way. Do you think there's a chance of that happening, Rob? I mean, there's always the ch- when there's so much money at stake and it's the house fighter. Good to see AJ yes. on Sky, by the way. Don't change the game, AJ. You fucking stay on Sky, man. Fuck it. Don't go to the app. <laughs> stay on Sky, baby. So, um, there are things I'd be looking out for the fight are shades of Sugar Ray Robinson and legs are shaky at him somewhere in between. Um, but, of course, there's always the risk when you're... AJ generates so much money. like this, and, and the money they stand to make in the back end of this... Um, is, is astronomical. So, unfortunately, that's the sport we follow. Um, you can always call things like that into question. I think if that did happen, it would be a travesty and there would be heavy pressure from the boxing community for a rematch. Um, but look, we won't know till we see. I, I think I, I got to see Usyk get through the first four rounds um, first before I make a proper deduction. But unfortunately, I don't know if I'll be able to make it to the live pod. I'll try my best. And um, maybe we'll be able to call it then. But yeah, I don't, as, as you can tell, I'm pretty torn on which way I think this is going to go. <laughs> no pressure on making call. that live pod, Rod, be casual. Yeah. No pressure. Don't yeah. worry, Rob. You have someone to make your decisions for you now. <laughs> yeah, it's not over till it's over. So, you know what I mean? Um, 
you never know. You never know. All right, sorry, man. Go ahead. No, you're okay. Uh, throw your predictions in, boys. We're going to go through the panel shortly. Uh, Andy, you mentioned in the chat there, maybe the last fight with Eddie. Maybe that's why Eddie is a, a bit more keen to get this fight on. He's not so bothered anymore. Could we be seeing AJ promotions in the future on Sky directly? There's so many uh, things that could possibly happen after this. I don't know, mate. I mean, I dare say Eddie will be involved uh, in some sort of uh, role mm. with Joshua of some sort. I mean, I think he'll probably stay at Sky with uh, better exposure. The zone's not really going to go on good shows at the minute. Um, I seen somebody, I think it was Des in the chat actually was talking about what the zone are really, you know, what their schedule's looking like over the next few months. And that it's like, I think he said that basically you're paying for like one show a month for your subscription. So $7.99 for one show a month's not really going to cut it, really, is it? So um, we'll come to Bell the weekend in the zone and that as well. But I think Joshua stays there. Uh, Eddie will probably be involved in some sort of role. See, this is what I was saying to you guys last week in that because. Um, if there is the zone deal, I don't know if Eddie's going to be in the sport for much longer, say within the next 10 years. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hypothesising here, but I don't see him within the sport in the next 10 years. I could probably see him, as I say, he's working sports agency, sports management, financial kind of management type thing, you know, type of thing. I know he's a accountant to trade and that, so he might kind of get involved with helping, you know, fighters, sports people with their finances, pensions, bonds, stocks, all that type of shit and that, you know, so... Who knows? But um, I was just wondering that well, I think some people had mentioned at least anyway. This was his Josh, but this was his last contracted fight with Eddie. So um, maybe that was kind of like the reason why Eddie was really pushing it for to try and get Josh to fight Fury. And obviously that's fell apart. He was gutted. Bob Barman's gutted. And uh, but I, yeah, as I say, I don't think he'll be involved. But you know, money wise, I don't think he'll get a bigger bigger cut of the pie. Shall we say if the if that fight should ever happen? Yeah, I'm thinking music or uh, uh, football or something for Eddie Dominic after after boxing. What are you thinking? Yeah, he could, he could start yeah. up his own professional YouTuber. Could, be, could go, like could go promote Neil Diamond all over the world if he gets into music. It's interesting because I think, you know, Eddie went over, he, he tried to break into the American scene and I think he really got... He got he got burnt there a bit. I think he I think it was um, he got sent home to think again as the Scottish national anthem goes by. He got his arse handed to him, Big Bob, and praise beat Al Heyman for doing that. It's burnt, man. Great fire in London territory here, Dominic. I think <laughs> it was Scotch Earth, by the way. That's what that was. I'll let him in the toaster. Yeah, I'll let him make his statements like a lead hand from Shane Mosley when he was like, We're going to be ferocious, Jamal Charlo. He's not going to have a network of, and then they, and then Al Heyman and Bob Arum hit him with the pole counter over the top. Yeah. Get out of America. Ain't no fights for you, baby. Ain't no fights for you. If you yeah. want to be a, you want to be a big fighter, you want to be a top star, you could join the zone ASAP. They're like, go to fuck back to England and take Andrade with you. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Dominic. Uh, well, you see, I, I remember saying to you once before, Steve, I think he, you know, the, the way he, w- is, he was raised by the old man, it's just sort of like, um, you know, that drilling it into him, you know, that you can take on the world and, you know, you're, you're... but these guys are, these guys are smart, you know, him and Aram are both, they're not just, Cut cutthroat businessmen, but they're they're actually bright people, you know. Like they're 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 nasty and smart, and um, you know. So he he um, I think uh, to, to to lend sort of credence to Andy's theory would be that the sort of experience that he's had, he probably thought that maybe it was going to be um, a bit more smooth sailing 
um, going over to America. But just what I wanted to say was uh, you, you put up the um, suggestion of uh, the guy Kennedy there. Was it Joe Kennedy? Um, yes. And I, I thought that that was a very, even though I've said, I think Yusek will win, but might not necessarily get the decision. That suggestion of, of Yusek getting hit with something heavy early and it's sort of disciplining him into not really, um, you know, being able to box the way he wants to box. And you know what the, the analogy that suddenly came to my head? Mm-hmm. It was the fight between Loma and Teofimo recently. And very early in that fight, I thought, you know, the first two rounds, Teofimo, he touched him. He wasn't hitting him in the face, but he was catching him on the arms, on the shoulders. And I thought, I know there's a lot of talk Loma was injured in the fight, but I, I just thought that he felt a few of the shots on the shoulders, on the arms, on the elbows, and I, I think it, it made him think twice. He, and said, "You moved him." Yes, he, he, he and he, and I, I think there's a lot of similarities. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, Edge is, you know, pound for pound, he's he's not maybe not as Tiafimo was, was a. I think people really were sleeping on is is how good he was as a boxer. He's not just a big hitter, but. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities between between music and Loma. I mean, both Southpaws, both trained by you know, there's so many similarities, and I think that shout by that guy Kennedy of of AJ um, tagging him with something early doors um, could could work for AJ. But again, the reason why I'm sticking to what I'm saying is because the way AJ looks in these pictures, it looks like he's going to try and fight um, in a different way. It looks like he's going to try and, um, you know, that he's building for a, a a sort of boxing match and maybe sort of hoping that he can do enough to win, you know, a fight where it'll be hard to give Yuzik the, the verdict on the cards. So just the way AJ has been looking, the way he's so slim. Um, and I, I'm not saying, like, I know you're saying, Steve, a lot of people were saying people were sleeping on edges. I'm not saying he can't box. He can't box. But... There's a difference between outboxing someone like Andy Ruiz, who's completely in worse shape than he was for the first fight, and outboxing music. You can't compare music and Andy Ruiz in terms of boxing ability. It's just a different. But that's why it's such an. It is what Rob's saying. You, you are conflicted. You have, that's why it's a fascinating fight. That's what makes it a good fight, exactly. Dominic makes a good point there as well about Lopez's power uh, bleeding into Lomachenko's strategy somewhat. And Yusik can't afford to let too many early rounds slip by like Lomachenko did and try and wait on AJ Gassi. He's an experienced character. He's got experienced people in his corner as well. I don't think that'll be an issue. But if he does get hit early, he's going to have to take chances as well as the fight progresses. Otherwise, he's going to end up with rounds slipping by, similar to how Lomachenko did against Lopez. So that's a... That's a good point by the boys there. Let's get everyone's predictions and oh, shall we? Chin- Steve, real, real quick. I mean, yes, yes. And, 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 and cr- tell me where where I might be wrong. But as far as legitimate ha- heavyweight champions go, you know, belts that we can say that that are real and of substance in one way or another. Who was really the last small heavyweight champion? Someone that wasn't either very tall or pretty heavy. I'm going back and thinking uh, Chris Bird. Corey Sanders, he's a big guy, was he? Chris, Corey yeah, Sanders Chris. was six four, two forty. Was well, he? Yeah, I will tell you what, you'd be surprised cool, how small music actually is. I mean, I don't know why he's listed on 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 box records. What is he? Six, six four. four. I think he's listed as six 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 three or something. I mean, he's, that's, that's, he's not. What about Ruslan? The white, the white Tyson Ruslan. Oh, Chagoyev. Yeah, yeah Chagoyev. That's a good shout. He was only about five eleven, wasn't he? Uh, five, did he fight? Yeah. Did he fight Samuel Peter? Didn't he? 
Yeah, he fought uh, Matt Skelton on Satanta Sports as well. I can't remember Matt Skelton. I mean, there's there's one thing the day about bullshit. Never listen to, or never read into how tall they are because there was a fight in Switzerland there last night. It was Steve and I were talking about Elliot Doors and that. Super featherweight, and I was on boxing last night checking out. The guy was like saying that bless his four foot ten. The fucking fight was happening. The guy was like he was fucking five foot six or something like that. Well, you know? So, so is that the, like boxing is Tinder? No, exactly. well, it's funny you should mention that actually, though, Matty, because I remember Carl Frampton after one of his fights going on about his reach. He says, Boxwick, I have my reach listed as such and such. He said, But then no one's ever been out to measure me, like my arms or my span, wingspan or anything. So I don't know how they got that from. So there you are, Matty. Well, and I, my point being on this, though, guys, is is basically it, these small, small heavyweight champions are rare. Size does really matter. Uh, and, and even though, you know, heavyweight division is, you know, legitimately, you know, 200 and up it, it the, the people that of subsist of substantial size, be that height or weight really matter. You know, Wilder's not that heavy wood, he's tall and he has, you know, he punches like a, like a mule, uh, you know, like in, in lower weight classes, we talk about rehydration between uh, the way into the day of fight. And we're talking about 12, 15 pounds being this big deal and that somebody could really get hurt in there. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. what Ali, Ali, listen, going back fucking what, 60, 70 years, whatever it is. You know, people would expect the alley to get absolutely fucking murdered in that fight. Yeah, but what was their size? The, their weight difference wasn't well, that massive. Well, Ali was weighing like two ten. Well, right? exactly. So that is that is what you know. That's what Usyk's been weighing in roughly at, at some of these heavyweight fights. He's not these... fucking Muhammad Ali though. No, I know what you're saying though, mate. Well, hang on. So you're asking for an example. I'm giving you one. You know, he's fighting a guy who's bigger than him. Right? Ali fought a guy listen who was bigger than him, feared. Bigger puncher, right? People are talking about here that usually it's going to get fucking banged out. So similar situation. Bigger guy, bigger power. If you have to go back to the, you know, to the to the Johnson administration for your example, it's a fucking rare occurrence, my friend. What other examples you want in them? No, Chris, I mean, Bird. The, Chris Bird's a good one because he boiled down to light heavyweight and all, didn't he? And he, he was able to run with the big boys to a degree. But look what look what Klitschko, look what both the Klitschko's done, really, for the majority of their fights against Bird. They laid a beating on him. David mm. Chris, Bird, nice Chris Bird punches like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David Tua, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good he, one. He was short, but he was he was he was yeah. heavy. He, you he was know, a puncher like too with the left hook was he? He wasn't. You can't really compare Tua, can you? I suppose with Usyk stylistically. Yeah, Ike was only like six two. But I mean, he was. I mean, there, there, there wasn't an ounce of fat on yeah, that. Yeah, Oh yeah, but he was, he was solid, wasn't he? he was, he was like a barrel. Like yeah, Turner, it, he was another good one. They're just. It's. I'm <laughs> telling you guys. It's. Well, I here, here you go. Roy, actually, Roy Jones Jr. There you go. It's Roy is a, probably the better example. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, Ruiz was Ruiz was what a 240 pound fighter, give or take. So I mean, it just it takes incredible displays of speed and movement to be able to make this happen. And you don't want to get into too many clinches because the bigger guy will wear you down in the clinch too. There's one. Josh was going to get to him though, mate. This is the thing. He doesn't have to get to him. He really does. Because every punch punch that Joshua lands is going to be stronger than the average punch that Usyk lands. They were physically clearer. So so Usyk is going to have to do more to go after Joshua than vice versa to to be able to win the fight. I don't know because, right, AJ, right, if you look at him, I don't know if you're judging him on recent performances, but when he has to punch down, he doesn't always look great. So against Takam punching down doesn't look great against 
Povetkin grabs he knocks he knocks Povetkin out, but Povetkin was giving him some spells and some trouble. So, but I don't know if he's got a glass chin, but he most certainly has a glass nose, doesn't he, Joshua? He breaks his nose quite often, like so. Usyk's mm. jab, you got to think, is going to be right there. I wonder, like, if he starts struggling to breathe after round six, would it be? Would he just fall apart? Like, I don't because we've yet to see fight or flight from him since Ruiz. So, what's he like? He, Ruiz had a couple of very brief moments in the rematch where he backed him up to the ropes and he made him look extremely uncomfortable. Um, and I never think he looks comfortable to take a pressure. So if after six rounds, maybe he's got a broken nose or something like that, the jab's in his face or his ice, that's where just there's so many variables, like so many variables and so many different ways you know, that this one can win. The, the, the interesting thing, Andy said this right earlier, that this is the first sort of world-class southpaw that, that Joshua has faced. And, I would even go further than that and say it's the best boxer that he's that he's faced. Even I would say he's probably a, I think there's a good argument to say Usyk's a better boxer than than, than Vladimir. Um and the the, the thing that's gonna be very interesting what, what Matty was saying about you know Edge's chances being determined by his ability to get the the Usyk and and impose himself. You know, I think the size of the ring and a lot of these fights is, is important. It was absolutely vital in the Frotch Grows rematch. I remember watching that fight and as soon as the undercard fights came on at Wembley and just being amazed at how tiny the ring was because Frotch wasn't didn't want to be outboxed again. So if if, if AJ wants to, to do what Maddie's suggesting, um I think something like the size of a ring um in these sort of fights, um it, it could be very important. And one one more thing, Steve. Hmm. You should look out for it. it's a sort of technical thing in the value fight. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to do this because Joshua is, is a bigger bigger man. But usually he, he sort of comes over. He, he he sort of aims with the right hook. Um, he sort of tries to throw the right hook like as a lead shot over the jaw over the left jab, and he's just using it as a sort of blinding stick. But what he throws behind it is the left straight down the pipe. So he, yes. he, he's sort of coming over. He's coming over the left jab, and he's sort of just pawing with it. And he's just trying to occupy it, and then he drills the straight left through the middle. And I think he'll be looking for something like that there. Well, and that's what and he's going to have to do. He's 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 going to have to move to the right when Joshua jabs, <laughs> try to slip that in. Because if he doesn't do that, I could see Joshua using the le- using the jab as uppercut, so that Usyk moves in and under and walks right into a right uppercut. The uppercut, I think, is going to be a vital punch for AJ. That's going to be a big problem for Usyk. And I don't know. I just think that Usyk. I don't, I don't see him fighting it as much against yeah. the southpaw, though. Because Usyk normally, like, he. He, he, he stepped to the side. He goes down yeah, the other good, side. Good point. Like, good point. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think for Joshua to try and use an uppercut, that's where he's going to try and get it on the inside. But Joshua's not an inside fighter. You know, he's going to be grappling on, up against the ropes. I don't think Usyk's going to be really be going to be there. He, you know, I think the second Usyk feels the ropes, he's fucking ducking it underneath, or he's rolling to the side, or something like that. I don't think he wants to get involved in that. Stick the jab, move the ring. Um, I agree with Dom was saying in that as well that you know I'd imagine the ring's going to be quite, you know, quite small. What are you talking about? Like twenty feet? It's mm. a maximum twenty-four feet allowed there in the UK. 20, yeah, 23 or 24. I think that... Be interesting, actually, to see when they go for the big ring again. Like, is he going to try box on the back foot? That, that's what leads into what I was going to say as well, Andy, because Usyk's um, capabilities and Joshua's deficiencies, that's what makes it such an interesting fight for me. If Usyk, I think one of the key things for Usyk is, obviously, if he can stay out of trouble, but if he can maintain a pace, uh, you know, set a pace, an effective pace, and maintain it for 12 rounds, 
that's a big advantage for him. Yeah. I'm not saying he will necessarily. Oh. You know, I, I'm not saying he's going to gas out, but if he can really be in the best shape of his life and maintain that pace for 12 rounds, that's yeah. a big plus for him already, I think. Yeah, well, he, he, did, he does a lot of CrossFit training, etc. Uh, for the videos that I've watched him in the past, uh, especially in the past year, 18 months and that. Obviously, he's had his injuries problems and that as well. He's had a couple of surgeries and that. So maybe the, um, the long career, especially as amateurs, catching up with him a wee bit as such. But um, and plus, he's fighting a bigger guy. We've said it before that if you've been in the ring, it doesn't matter. If you're fighting a, a bigger guy, even a couple of stone heavier than that, it's heavy weather. So that might play into a fact, especially if it's a smaller ring. But um, we're talking about an elite heavy, uh, elite athlete, sorry. People who might be no season an elite heavyweight at this point because no one really faced an elite heavyweight. But you've got to put him in that mould at least. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's, it's an intriguing one. It really is. It says you know, a lot of variables at play here. Can he, can he hold a shot? Can he hurt Joshua? Can he maintain the, the stamina? I think he can, he can maintain the stamina, no problem. He lean, lives a good life, as I say. Uh, trains hard. And for what I've seen, the pictures of him that as well, he's really seemed to have kind of built up, kind of like, running about the shoulders and that. So maybe he's mm. kind of like expecting that at some point he's going to have to fucking, you know, grapple and hold and Papachenko in the corner. You know, Lomachenko's done some Greco-Roman wrestling. So you never know. Maybe maybe Loma's, maybe Yusek's done some some sort of stuff in the background and that as well, this Greco-Remo uh, stuff and that as well. You never know. And he has he has a temperament as well, Andy. You know, you look, there's something Adam Booth said. I don't, I don't want to sort of give any props to the dark lord but he only has that smile and he sort of has the sort of the sort of Mark, big dog in his yeah there's something there's there's a sort of there's a sort of there's a madness about about the guy like you, you you sort of you don't have any fears about him coping with you know the being in, a, in an environment where he's he's you know it's all set up for for edge he's the, the big star and everything he, he he's a bit he's a bit of a you know, he was he was he, he sort of mastered. I thought I was very impressed with how he mastered Belly and all the you know he made Belly look a bit silly. I thought and throughout the whole um, the whole uh, build up that so he temperamentally I think he's very well equipped and uh, for, for 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 the sort of for the sort of tribulations that he might have to go through during the fight. Yeah, I think the Bellew, people point to the Bellew fight, and Bellew was doing really well, but they, they forget that it's a 12-round fight for a reason. You know, there's no point in saying, oh, he's doing really well until he got knocked out in the seventh round. There's two people in there trying to win the fight. Tony Bellew, for all his faults, and we criticise him every week, was a good fighter. You know, he's there trying to win the fight as well. You're not going to get everything your own way all the time, so I wouldn't read too much into that, but we will be here next week anyway. I think that was Tony Feinty's absolute peak. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. That was that was the best he could put out, and it still wasn't enough, shall we say? And he, look what happened. That's no negative. Look, he put it all on the line. He gave it his absolute beans. One a few rounds, maybe one too many in the judges' scorecard for my liking, and uh, it wasn't enough. So as I say, we'll wait and see. Go ahead, Dominic. As I was just going to say, you know, I remember he listened to Frotch after the, uh, you know, the build up to the rematch for Crows, and you know, he has that thick Nottingham accent, and he was saying what was going through his mind after those first six rounds when Groves was battering him. I just said, I looked at George and I said, "It's a twelve round fight. I'm a fighter. It's a twelve round fight." <laughs> I love, I love that there. Robert McCracken, MB in the corner. Going to be interviews with Carl Frotz every week. Now, what's going to get to hold you? My brother, my brother loves that there. He he doesn't watch a lot of the boxing, but he 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 loves the one about Frotz, you know. And he was and all this build up that it's a twelve round fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Carl was corner on the podcast, new mate. 
I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, boys, it's going to be a 12-round fight. MB's mentioned something I didn't want to bring up. I'll mention it very quickly. I hope there isn't the cut. Can you imagine? Two or three rounds, the heads clash or yeah, something. I oh, no, God, please. Yeah, so I actually Ooh. think, I, what are we, are we doing predictions, though? Yeah, are we done yeah we're going to do we, predictions now. Andy would add a stroke now. if there's a cut. I really think <laughs> he'll have a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> in the most literal sense. <laughs> <laughs> I have one less reason to live. Fuck! Ah! <laughs> yes, we're going to do predictions now, Rob. Just before we do, very quickly, next week, boys, post fight podcast. Join us straight afterwards. Uh, feel free to join on, uh, jump on if you want. I'll leave the stream yard link in the chat next week, and you can join us. Go on then, Rob. First of all, prediction from you, AJ. You see who you got by what means and method? Right. So, what I was thinking about was in the AJ, as good as he is, right? He has, I think, the edge uh, in terms of physical advantage. Right, and punch and power. He should have the edge and he should be able to beat Usyk. But he does certain things. He has certain patterns that he does, especially when he gets tired, that I think Usyk is going to be working on. And the three times he's been hurt um, in his career, Dillian White, Badly, Klitschko, and uh, Andy Ruiz were all a variation of the catch and shoot. So he, he has a tendency to kind of not pull back with the right hand and leave himself open for a left hook. So I think Usyk with the left on the southpaw is going to start. I think AJ is going to start at a fast pace. Usyk's going to take a past six rounds and then he's going to start hitting him with stuff that he doesn't see. And I think as long as AJ, depending on what shape uh, Usyk is in, when AJ gets the second win, I think he may end up stopping him. So I'm going to go for the emphatic Usyk stoppage. No problem being wrong if AJ goes out blasting out two rounds, so be it. We get the big fight, but um, yeah, if I have a feeling of something in the, in the water, I think Usyk's going to do it. Wow, Rob Kelly going for it. And also, I'm going to go exactly the same as Rob. Maybe it's heart overhead and all this type of stuff, but I was thinking the same type of thing. I'm going for Usyk 11th round stoppage. What round are you going to give us, Rob? Yeah, I think around 9 or 10. I think he might, like... I don't know, I have a feeling there's something, there's going to be, he's going to do something with the eye or break his nose or something, just do something to take the steam out of him as well along the way. Yeah, touching that body all night long. I put the curse on, so go and get your money on Joshua points, everybody. Now I'm going for Usyk. 11th round stoppage, Matty. Go on, who are you going for and by what means and method? Um, I am going with Anthony Joshua KO10. Anthony Joshua KO10 for Matty. Then uh, he could be right, Andy. Who are you going for by what way? Music late stoppage, um, slow start, and uh, I think we're starting at his range down, start hitting head and, head and body. Uh, Joshua maybe overreaching a wee bit, getting caught with the left hand a wee bit too often. Um, maybe see him get stopped on the ropes as such. Um, maybe see a couple of knockdowns along the way. Who knows? But uh, yeah. I'm definitely going with Joshua. Uh, sorry, music stoppage. Sorry. Yeah, good fight. Looking forward to it. No problem who wins either way. Would like you to see Usyk win, but if Joshua wins by fair means, then fair play to him. We'll see him moving on. Dominic, uh, what are you going for? Come on. Yeah, just just again, a shout out to Joe Kennedy's suggestion, which I think um, it, it, it is something to ponder. But Andy was the first person in this sort of discussion to sort of float the possibility that Usyk can stop him somewhere in the last... And then in the championship rounds, I ain't going to go for that too. I ain't going to go for a Usyk late stoppage somewhere in the last three rounds. There we go. It's unanimous here, almost, apart from Matty being the one dissenting voice. I can't believe I'm going for Usyk by stoppage, but it's come out of my mouth, Ozzy. What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going with Usyk on points. Uh, I think Joshua will have his moments in the fight, probably early um, rather than late. 
but I think Uzik will just will step it up a level. We'll take over from the mid rounds. Um, I don't think he'll get him out of there. Um, I, I just don't think he will, unless he's there for the taking, I don't think he'll run that risk. And I just think, think he'll keep it simple. I think he'll stick to his game plan uh, and a 116-112 win. Can I just say that y'all's national pride is pure shit? No sentiment in boxing, Matthew. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing to do with that, Marty. I mean, I, I don't... I don't, too, I too many Billy Brits, I mean, by the way. Too many Billy Brits kicking about. There's two Irish brothers in one Scotty Snaps. You spewing some hate, Dominic. Come on. No, I mean, I, I know, I know Marty's only he's, he's pulling her legs, but um, no, I, I honestly don't... Uh, it's one of the, the things that I can't stand about Eddie. It's... Um, you know, he sort of got a lot quieter about it since he went over to the zone, and he, he sort of are, he's picked up all these fighters who are fighting some like British fighters. So he, he's got like it was it was a problem for him when Canelo fought Billy Joe Saunders because he was sort of he wasn't sort of flying the Billy Brit flag then, was he? No, uh, not for him. No, no one's <laughs> fucking cunt. But he, he's he's it's it's it's, it's just I don't know. It, it just takes bringing this. Uh, Bringing it, I hate the way he does it. You know, it, it's it's sort of bringing in this sort of blimpishness into the in the in the bar. It's just oh, it's nauseating. There we go. We haven't heard so much from Eddie lately since he's gone over to the zone. Says Dominic, because nobody's watching. I don't think. Thank fuck for that. Too. <laughs> Jesus, Tony over there with him, who you might Anthony. hear from. You might, oh, Anthony. Sorry, you might hear from Anthony in the belly of the week. There we go. Made our predictions. The boys in the chat think we're mad. Come back next Sunday or next Saturday evening after the fight. To rub our faces in it and let us know what went super down. Super chat for the carry out for next week, boys. Come chat. on, let's get it going. Super chat for after me wedding. Just fucking in the envelope, sticking in the super chat there. I mean, that's the alimony payment. Let's help him on his way. Let's help him on his way. Just want to retire after that, mate. I don't <laughs> want to be Rob Kelly is there. I just want to be with my wife and kids. You are getting retired after this one, boy. <laughs> Okay, let's get on to Bay of the Week, then episode oh, four four Steve, one. Steve, real, real quick. Yo. I, um, yeah, um, it just and this is just real brief. It's it's not necessarily boxing, but a little bit. I'll touch on that. Uh, but th- this week, not, the comedy world lost someone, but the sports world lost someone too uh, with the passing of Norm Macdonald, uh, who is one of my favorite comedians of all time. Uh, he's he's incredible, different level, willing to bomb to make it funny for himself. A comedian's comedian. Uh, he was also a compulsive gambler. He played in the World Series of Poker a number of times and uh on uh, when he had a brief sports show on uh, comedy central i recall he put a hundred thousand dollar bet on manny pacquiao in one of his many uh easy runs at welterweight that he had before he faced some stiff competition uh and the world is uh just going to be a less funny place without norm mcdonald in it and uh i just wanted to say that he uh he was a good man and for those who did love him and his comedy check out bob saget's uh, remembrance of him on youtube it's worth a listen I said, matter, yes, sir. No, no, myself, the moth joke and that. So it's well worth looking up on YouTube if you want a bit of a laugh. Uh, talking of laughs, let's get on to the belly of the weeks here. Just saying there, episode 441, as Ames throws in the show to the draw, somebody had to say it, didn't they? Uh, Matty's on the call with us anyway. So is Andy, Dominic, Rapping Rob Kelly, and Ozzy is with us as well. Quite a few nominations as always. People are asking for the Katie Taylor interview. I'm not going to burden Rob with that tonight. We'll go straight to the source so you can get your fix there, boys. We were all nervous. We were all praying today. But what was it like moments before this Olympic final for you? Were you really nervous? I uh, just want to thank Natasha for the great fight. <laughs> great, great opportunity. And Freddie, I'm blessed to have a great 
I'll never be able to walk down the street if that ever gets out. Like, down in Ireland, you're throwing fruit at me, you know. Robbing the running. stocks. <laughs> so many people in the chat have said that they want it back, Rob. It is in high demand. I'm not going to say it's retired for good. We just have to give okay. it a rest for a few weeks. You okay. know what I mean? Wait, she has Whoa. a fight again or something. Okay, Maybe I'll bring Brian Peters into it as well. We go talk to Oh dear, yes, uh, plenty going on as we said earlier. Uh, someone retweeted this or tagged me in or something onto this one. I think it was um, Lex from over on the Sunday Puncher. We had Jevon Bay last week putting one up as well. We've got Ranger Rollins doing God's work out there, slagging off Eddie. And this was Lex put this up earlier when Eddie took over at the zone. He anticipated that things weren't going to go too well for his American <laughs> opponents, such as Stephen Espinosa and Showtime. I'm not sure what happened to Showtime, actually. They're, they must have died off or something. Um, let, let's see what Eddie had to say. Anyway. These other networks and platforms are going to be looking at boxing like HBO did. I expect Showtime to leave the sport in 12 months because it's too ferocious, it's too competitive that people like, not Stephen Espinosa, but the people above him will look at boxing and go, this is expensive. And I'm not sure it's generating the business that we need it to. Just like HBO did. It wasn't a decision of Peter Nelson. It was just the bosses looked at it and said, this market it has gone crazy, everything's too expensive, and we're not delivering the numbers. So, goodbye. Bob Aaron, he said the same thing. Yeah, but Showtime might yeah. be. I think Bob Aaron's right. I think, Showtime, I, I think Showtime have a very limited future in boxing. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, well, he, 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 I've, I've learned something about Eddie. See, me he, when he talks to you, he tries to kind of put his point across. He actually leers into you and actually tries to kind of you know, look down at you and try and like stare you. I just stay forward to him as well and look at him. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh, it's too ferocious, mate. I'm ferocious, yeah. so I want to eat your children, mate. I'm sorry, listen, <laughs> Jack Dempsey. That's, that's when uh, Eddie was standing at that point saying, ferocious, yeah, mate. I'm going to get a title from my book. Ferocious, uh, Eddie Herman. Edward Hills, sorry. Oh, good old Eddie, man, yeah. November the 6th, I think it is, uh, Showtime oh, or Fox shit. or whatever, putting on the pay-per-view. Uh, oh, let's remind ourselves of Eddie and his, his role in the Canelo negotiations coming up soon, shall we? Please. You know, I, I doubt Al Heyman wanted to negotiate with me, so he negotiated with Eddie Reynoso. Eddie done a brilliant job. They've got the fight. That's the most important thing to them. We take this fight, we win this fight, and then we move on. We? Oui? We. Oui. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was brilliant there. It was brilliant there, right? A guy who grew up as a butcher, right, actually got a bigger fight made over a guy who was publicly, sorry, publicly, privately fucking schooled, right, handed the keys to a business and was fucking silver spoon fed his entire life and he still couldn't get shit over the line. Woo! Hey Eddie, my dad was a butcher man. If you want to make a call, we'll fuck you up. We'll do it for you. <laughs> Rob Kelly Senior done a great job. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, let's see if Eddie features, shall we, in the value of the weeks. Guinness, uh, I fucking woo! love pints of Guinness, mate. <laughs> fucking love it. <laughs> just, just, just before you start, Steve, I mean yes. see that 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 first that first uh, thing about showtime. Uh, it's I, all the stuff. I, I'm I'm as I find it as funny as as all the other guys. But to me, it's so annoying. I mean, how many fights could be made if he if he just wasn't so patronising? If he actually just you know, it, it, to speak so patronisingly to people who have like been in the game, like top rank, 
to Aram. All he has to, he, he, how many fights do you think have been scuttled, have just been Kai bossed because guys are just alienated by what a cunt he is? Like, oh, mate, it's true. Yeah, right enough. Everything you just said is right enough. Chile Finkel will not answer the fucking phone like that cunt. He had to send his old man to America to speak to Chile Finkel to try and save that fucking Josh by Wilder fight. Facts. Fucking facts, right? And all of, all of a sudden, Eddie's the best. What? Eddie's a steady cunt. That's what's wrong with him. What kind of jet did he fly out on? <laughs> when he was going out there. To make any stops? No. Anyway. Of the private nature, leave him alone. Come on, let's leave him alone, everybody. Poor old Eddie, he's getting uh, off tonight. It was a private it? island they had the met one, though. It's a private. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll leave that one alone. Uh, Motor City Cobra has uh, nominated AJ here. Hopefully, AJ does a better job at the whole you will never see me again, Cougs, than Tony Bellew. Uh, but AJ says, once, again, once boxing is done, everything gets deactivated. No one will ever see me again, says Joshua, who says he wants to face Tyson Woo! Fury in Britain, fight you, and join an Amazon tribe after retirement. We'll never see him again. So my feeling is that it'll probably end a whole lot like when that person thought he could go like hang out with that tribe that has the island off the coast of India, and they just <laughs> slaughtered him. He's like, oh, I'll show him that like white people are peaceful. And, you know, they killed him. Yeah. Everyone's like, what was wrong with the tribe? No, what was wrong with that fucking easy that got on a boat to visit the tribe? Fucking <laughs> moron. Like that fella that fucking got eaten by the bears. I think something went wrong with those bears. No, your fucking husband's a moron. You'll sleep with bears. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, I, I find this very hard to believe from a fella who suffered his first loss and was then out on a fucking exercise bike in New York the next day, flexing his big leg, talking about, you know, don't let your fucking defeats... Uh, define your fucking heart or whatever the fuck he was saying I don't know like I find it very hard to believe that AJ would disappear but you know Tony's there for advice I'm sure anyway <laughs> how do I disappear Tony <laughs> Tony Tony will help that. you mate. that was a house comment Rob Kelly I loved it <laughs> <laughs> I'm back I'm back in the group <laughs> he's back, he's back indeed uh, Clarissa the Woat Shields has been nominated by Iron Fist champion she's <laughs> oh, given fuck. her top 10 pound for pound list She's got Terence Crawford in at one, Canelo at two, Errol Spence at three, Jamel Charlo at four, herself at five, uh, Shakura Stevenson at six, above Javonta Davis at seven, Tiafima Lopez down at number eight, Anthony Joshua sneaking in at nine, uh, just ahead of Tyson Fury in at number ten, honorary mentions to Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. <laughs> the quote. It's a terrible <laughs> fucking list. Does he have an asterisk beside Fury's name to say he's technically an ethnic minority as well, by the way? I'm not just putting anything. There's no white people going on this list. Don't you fucking try and make me put him on because they're not going on there. Moves like a black man. He's in. Hail uh, Plant is next. Well, oh. Can fuck off. Oh, I, I just thought you were talking about how Europe has always treated them like second-class citizens. <laughs> Oh, well, let's not go down that route. Man, he's <laughs> me, man. He throwing shit yes, at us. We have yes, for us. <laughs> Leave the quotes alone. Leave the quotes alone. Uh, Jack Price has been nominated by Josh Wooler. Uh, Jack Price was commending Barry Hearn for keeping Northern Ireland together during the peace during, during the eighties. Apparently, I'm not really quite sure. <laughs> I tell you what, by the way, someone needs to tape his eyebrows open. By the way, what that dickhead? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> He did a better job at matchroom than he did up there then, if that was him. At least he got a few fights made. I'm going to say, all he bought was the IBO title to Belfast. <laughs> IRA title. You feel <laughs> <of> title. <laughs> the real IBO. Uh, uh, Paul Rafter is nominated Christopher Lovejoy. 
Can't the only belt. The provincial IBO. So what's so what's the real IBO title? It's in hiding. What's the title? John Hume spinning in his grave somewhere. Barry Arons get dragged into the fucking peace process. Michael Stone's fucking rich right now, by the way. Talk about throwing grenades. Scrub Buffy's there, fucking checking him out. Loving him just now. Bob's twinkies and gets joy from chocolate bars. Jesus Christ. Who said that? Who said that Barry Hunt played a big part in the peace process, by the way? That was Jack Price. Doesn't exactly sound like Trevor McDonald or someone. (laughs) (laughs) More like Norm McDonald. Uh, Christopher Lovejoy was nominated by Paul Raftery. We we came, we saw, we conquered. We back October the 2nd. Conquered what, says Paul? The buffet. Let's have a look at the boys in full view here. Here we are. (laughs) Fuck me, man. That's just just conquered a puma and ate the whole fucking shitload there, by the way. It's a shame nobody knows who Christopher Lovejoy is or he might be able to get on Celebrity Fit Club. <laughs> the state of them too. That's Dion Savage with him apparently, who was I'm told was a decent amateur, and he got a knockout win in Mexico or somewhere. He signed to Lovejoy Promotions anyway. So, good luck to them boys, Matty. That's what I say. Good luck to the lads. All the love and joy. All the love and the joy. And moving on, MTK Global. David Alman has nominated them. Fight picks past versus present semi-final. Evander Holyfield versus Lawrence Coley. Who wins? Why, why do they keep on persisting with these things? JD Sports do it all the time. Now MTK are doing it. These celebrity thing. I don't know why they're persisting with them. But I'm anyway. to get some sort of car traffic going through the... I don't know what it is, mate. I mean, we were desperate for content at one point. We were talking about Soul Far or something. Maybe it's something along those lines and that, you know? And yeah. Over 15 rounds. Let, let's Don't let's the traffic. <laughs> How to get that content going when the market manager is probably on 1.5 million a year, you know what I mean? <laughs> 1.5 million? You know what I mean? Billion, possibly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> some motivation there somewhere. We're talking pesos? Aye, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't go uh, talking Yeah, 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 Quite a few people have nominated this, including Super Dicky 193 Amir kicking off. Disgusted to be banned by American Air and Travel One World for not being able to fly to training camp. I got escorted by police off the plane for no reason. I would like to see evidence for any wrongdoings. Hashtag AA team. Hashtag not all terrorists. American Amir Airlines. Even Amir. American <laughs> Airlines actually mentioned them back and says, please DM us. See, and I, I was going to nominate this one myself. He was actually headed to Colorado Springs, and I actually want to go to where they train down there, but that's another story. But so anyways, so he's raising a fuss on an airplane, like of just a few days after the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Like, Amir Khan is easily one of the dumbest human beings who has ever made a million dollars in the fucking history of what mankind. What was he doing on the plane? What was he on the plane? Like, fucking Ben Stiller and Meet the Parents going, bam, 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 on the plane. <laughs> Apparently, they're just being dicks and refusing, like, to put their no, baggage where it's supposed to go and shit no, like that. Like, it's no, the mask. There's that more. That's more. It was his mate. Apparently, a guy he's or something like that says that he had to have his mask on properly. And so, I, I don't know what fucking. That was so, Amir Khan's side of the story. I don't know what the. And plus, American Airlines are fucking assholes anyway. So, who knows what the so, fucking new story is? Have, have you ever thought that you guys are fucking pricks? Like I've seen yeah. my only my only experience <laughs> with the way you act in this country is Tommy in Vegas. And if that's how you consistently act when you come to the United States, yes, a lot of people are gonna seem like dicks to you because you seem like dicks to us. Well, you know, when America runs about their foreign policy as you will do as you're fucking told, then uh, yeah, we will treat you as assholes. 
This is well, leisure. This isn't bombs, you dick. Somewhere, uh, somewhere in a, in a parallel universe, the ghost of Bill Cooper is on a shortwave radio telling the American public that Amir Khan is going to be a patsy for an upcoming attack. Yeah, the whole the not so pale. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear Rob's Amir Khan accent. That's the one I'm, I I love. Uh, Amir's accent. I want Rob. I want you to work. So no I know it's a tough there. one. Like it's, it's a real sort of. Well, I want that. Freddie Roach for helping with his training camp. And there's there's that and you know to quote to quote a friend in the pod that's so kind of fucking performing monkey who just takes fucking impression requests. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm only joking, man. Go ahead. Right. Uh, Arthur Dane has nominated Cliffs of the Groat Shields following up on her pound for pound list. I've never seen a new A fight, she said. And lastly, yes, Josh Taylor needs to be somewhere on my list. I like his boxing, says Clarissa. Yeah, on to number four here. Belly of the week for Steve Bunt. He's been on a nightmare card, lately. By the way. They fought in the same card. And she doesn't yeah. know who in you is. Idiot. Ah, she doesn't care. Uh, Steve Bunt, uh, someone put up the uh, the, uh, what was it, the tribute from Paul Dempsey. And he says, <laughs> you never included my tribute. Why not? That's a cheap joke. Put the tribute up, coward. coward. <laughs> First tribute to James. It is, it, is a cheap, it is a cheap joke, Steve, but it's a great one. <laughs> it's a very good one. Bunsy's getting a wee bit kind of anal retentive these days. I think he doesn't have much self awareness, does he? Like, it, it, yeah. Twitter's only a bit of a laugh, man. Just don't be fucked. You know what I mean? You don't have to be calling everyone like a coward. Let's <laughs> just settle down a bit. Like, take it out of the chain, Bunsy, because Jade can't. Jade can't? You know what I'm saying? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> We're all brothers here on Twitter. You know, just a couple of. Or a couple of no, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of white, white guys. <laughs> Super dicky. White brothers. White brothers. What do you mean? Like the Ku Klux Klan brothers. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We mean, we mean the silent brothers. All right, okay. Someone calling me Ross Abbott in this fucking chat. Holy shit, we're taking it back there. What do you want to do this impression? Ross <laughs> Abbott. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait to discuss this next one, Steve. What about this, this one then? Come on. Beautiful. Uh, oh, my though. God. The thing is, Matty, uh, Ludabella's not happy. He says, no, just no. This is barbaric and beyond dangerous. The fact that no regulatory body has already put the kibosh on this is shocking and unacceptable. This isn't sport, blah, blah, blah. Riddick bows back against Lamar O'Dom there. What about the undercard, though, Matty? Corey B, social media star, against Paulie Malinagi, official celebrity boxing. And this right. is Ooh. celebrity referee, yeah. Bitcoin Ooh. Rodney. So yeah, that's I that that's a, coin I, don't give a, I actually don't give a fuck about the Malinaji fight. I'm gonna tell you why the Riddick Bow fight versus Lamar Odom fight is really, really fucked up. Okay, so we all know that Riddick Bow is all like fucked up slurring a speech, you know, we're boxing fans, we know it. So Lamar Odom was a uh, he was a basketball player, I believe, and he overdosed on drugs at Track. the Moonlight Ooh. Money Ranch, and he like was fucking practically brain dead for a period of time, and like, well, he, he had to get all to of his Kardashians, bo- yeah, yeah, and he had to get all of his fucking bodily functions back and shit like that. So like this is like somebody who has suffered brain damage against somebody who has <laughs> suffered brain damage. So What's this is on? all sorts of fucked up, and then yeah, stuff, that's right? boxing for you though, isn't it? What's going on in the post? Where they got some kind of evil overlord in the background looking over. Look That's at Bitcoin Rodney. That's Bitcoin Rodney. Samuel Jackson. Look at these specs, man. Look at these specs. He looks like Michael Caine in fucking uh, one of these spy movies he's done in the early days. What the state of that? Well, I'll tell you something. Bitcoin Rodney. Follow Malanagi's hair. Just fucking going around there. No, they look like them spectacles you have to wear when you go to like watch the 3D in the cinema, Andy, and you have to put on them special glasses. Malanagi's hair, though. Look at the hair. There's so much to unpack in here. The fact that Bitcoin Rodney looks like he earned his nickname on the streets. 
<laughs> got the Miami sign in the background, but he's got his head blocking out the A, and it's just like me, me. <laughs> there you got Paulie Balanaji. What I got to tell you? I got to beat this YouTube guy one hand tied behind my back. That's what I got to do. Touch my cock, please touch my cock. What am I gonna do about it? <laughs> so you got your neck. You got your. I got your neck, bro. Just your balls, I took it from got a nice set of hair now, though, wasn't he, Paulie? Look at that. Yes, look at that. The get here. What, what, I'm surprised, fucking get here, UK or not here on the fucking flyer <laughs> with the boys. Official celebrity boxing man. What? I'm the surprised fuck? he hasn't been recruited for the fucking Jersey Shore yet. Jesus Christ. See, when I said that fella that made the McGregor poster could get a fight if he put Paulie Malnazzi in, I think he actually did make the poster as well. Look at the state of this, like, all this money for celebrity boxing and nobody in the graphic design department. Fucking shocking that is, isn't it? Okay, man, man. Uh, that looks like one of them flyers that they give you at a gig that they try to pay you with an exposure. It'd be good for your career, man. Just fucking come on, give these flyers out. <laughs> it doesn't say no low, low kicks on it, though, Bob. <laughs> no, no stipulations. One hand tied behind my back. Make a stipulation. You shut my cock. Oh, my gosh. Uh, most oh my of the Cobra. Nominating African King as well. Yeah, I don't think there's a heavyweight out there who could beat Bombs Bomber in a key, clean fight. They have to win. They have to start flying through these boys. There's so many. Uh, Master Knowledge has been nominated. And so is Pidge from Terry Woodfine. Pidge says, I personally don't hate it. Uh, both White and Chisora cards would have been pay-per-view. Wouldn't have been surprised if Smith versus Fowler was too. At £15 for the three, already saving made. People talking good things about Fight Zone. If that's worth £5 a month, then the zone is worth £8. Pounds. <laughs> You know, the fight zone has been. I haven't even watched a single fucking second. Oz, you need Oz. You know what we need. You know what we need here. Like we need the fucking boys on the fucking, on the fucking, on the money with the inferno. You know what I mean? Fuck this fight TV. It does own talk. I'm sick of it. Let's get on on get on board here. Uh, it's fight, I, I, it's fight I might zone. have an American hookup for that. Actually, Rob. Uh, What's that, Rob? Is that <coughs> Rob? Is yeah. that Stick TV? Stick TV. <laughs> Stick TV, the best fucking TV Stick. network out there. Yeah, the service again. Shout out to JL, the unknown man, JL. The service said, "Shit." He won't be Rodney. Is he? He He's not Bitcoin, Rodney. What the... That's when you know shit has just been getting just getting made up by Bitcoin. Bitcoin only came up a, a thing a few years ago, so it just tells you by the way. Just honestly, these cunts, these cunts. Bitcoin Rodney. This is spectacles like fucking Michael Caine. But I've listened tonight. Bitcoin Rodney, but a dwarf boxing as well. Yeah, well, I'm masturbating been. Matt. Suck my dick. <laughs> I'm analyzing Rodney. Brian King has nominated uh, Connor Ben. He's uh, he's getting excited about the zones plans there. Uh, Dominic Henry on our call. He's uh, nom- what's going on here? There, you've nominated uh, Dom Mauricio himself. Dominic, what's what's he done to upset you, oh, old Dom? Stand up. I'm, I'm trying to remember what this was. There's been so many this week. At uh, I I think he was saying something about uh, oh, fuck. What was it? Um, uh, there was, it was, it was. You need to look at the actual, the full tweet. There was, there was a. About Holyfield was he? About Holyfield or something? It was something about you. you obviously, they that allowed Valdez to fight. Um, having, uh, yes, that's right. That 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 he was saying something about. He was sort of saying that there was nothing wrong with Holyfield. Um, <laughs> no, sorry, yes, no. He was saying that there was. Yet yeah, he was criticizing Holyfield Belfort, saying that it was. Sure, he's not sure. <laughs> then, then he was saying, you know, that the 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 Valdez thing had gone ahead, so it was just a complete, you know, 
double standard. Valdez was okay, but Holyfield wasn't. Double standards from the boys, WBC getting thrown in there from Dominic. Another one from Brian King here, Aussie, for Lewis Calvert from Big Roy Tuck. We know exactly how Crawford versus Porter plays out. It's a rerun of his losses to Thurman and Spence. Do we know how Crawford versus Taylor goes? No. Josh poses more questions and I give a better chance than Porter. Tio is a wild one. Uh, Lewis Calvert with his opinion, Eros. Aussie subscribes his magazine, Eros. <laughs> Did I fuck? And there's a reason it went bust with fucking takes like that constantly. I do wonder if he's on the on the on like the fish sometimes, you know, just with some of the outrageous comments he comes out with. But 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 he's not. I just I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. And it it frustrates me so much. I, I put him up there with Dave Allen in terms of my uh won't say dislike, but yeah, who called just yeah, winds me up big time and Brian coming in with the rightful nomination there. Stuff from Brian. Uh, Slack the Planet has nominated uh, I Taper. He says, Bronze Bomber is a bad man. If you signed with Eddie Hearn, he would be a megastar. All right, then. Uh, <laughs> Crotty has nominated Amir Khan and the Super Boxing League have announced a crypto fight night on October the 16th in Dubai. Conrad, back in again. With, with <laughs> and bets between famous crypto traders. All proceeds to the Amir Khan Foundation. WBC oh, are making fucking... a special WBC crypto belt for the oh, main event winner. Man. I heard yeah, about this. But he's, fighting, about it. he's fighting Kyle the Crypto Frat. He is. <laughs> that night. It's going to be good. Honestly, dudes, man. What the, the, the crypto fuck? belt. And it wasn't. I think we should get a belt made out of it. Hey, can you imagine because of the kind of society we live in these days, making an asylum belt would be considered rather <laughs> crass? We should get one What's of those what? NFTs, Andy. You know, them things where yeah. people pay for nothing. No. <laughs> I will use get the IOU belt or something yeah. like that. You know? The Nuthouse belt wouldn't sound as good. It's kind of like the Dog Pound belt, isn't it? Don't sound great like the Nuthouse ah, belt. I'm sure like we should call it the Dog Pound belt. <laughs> Endorsed oh, by God. Yusuf Mack. No, 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 no. no. The anally stretched belt. <laughs> stretched belt. Uh, Amir Khan again nominated by David Almond there Michael Thompson says Shane Mosley says he bet one million dollars on himself to beat Canelo Alvarez Shane Mosley wasn't going to lose to a snot-nosed kid in 2012 Mosley felt confident enough that, about that assertion to place a one million dollar bet on himself there another hates man who money, hates man. money <laughs> hates it Tony he just can't wait to get rid of it Mosley like, how, how much did he get paid for it it was like three quarters of a million or something like <laughs> six, 600,000 <laughs> he ended up owing them. Uh, Jim Mosley really. I wasn't there. Sorry, mate. There was an yeah. article popped up about Jim Mosley divorce. That it was pretty. Uh, <laughs> apparently, 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 divorce. They're now claiming that he's claiming at least that she said that she wanted him to get a, a vasectomy as part of the divorce. Right? <laughs> what the actual bejesus are they talking about here? Or well, he did get a million himself. She, she, but she's suing for the comments. Apparently. Well, that doesn't matter, of Andy, because to the goddess Zion, my love for you grows more and more every moment yeah. we spend together. Oh, my Your God. Life he, is must, like he must The brightest crystals deep. that sparkle with beauty and wisdom of many lifetimes. I'm so lucky that our lives have come into union and this earthly plan at this moment of time. I should have the speech you're reading out here, by the way. I know, yeah. I don't, even, I don't even need to write one now, man. I'm fucking this up, You're a blessing to anyone who comes in your path. Go see your hair, Shane. Good stuff. <laughs> My God, it's Ion. I mean, oh, fucking Elva, Elva. Sorry. <laughs> what, why'd he go through that effort when he could have just, like, put on a fucking Al Green album and gotten her drunk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mosley. He's going to be investing in fights. She'd be in soon. his pockets like the rest of them if he did that. <laughs> Fishing through. Uh, if she's with him now, it's definitely not about the money, Rob. 
<laughs> she just likes Instagram. Uh, Adam Abramovitz, he says, the first Parker Chisora fight was a very good fight. I don't mind the rematch. I nominated him for Belly of the Week. I never fucking came on the pod when he followed me on Twitter that time. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's banned. I'm reaching, by the way. That was his girlfriend who got me banned when the fucking... Well, I'm reaching that. The mystery continues, eh? Uh, Abramovitz, anyway, said it really isn't. Competitive fight. Not bad at all. Thanks, Steve. Matty, you're probably old enough to remember on this pod when Adam Abramovich used to come on as a guest. Ooh, uh, Adam's my he... I consider Adam a friend. What the fuck, well, you asshole? Uh, you need to fuck him off now, Matty, after these takes. <laughs> <laughs> Time you ended that friendship. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I enjoyed the fight. I don't... I, I'm, I'll watch it. Yeah, it's not a great fight, but I'll fucking watch it. Whatever. Yeah, but it's talking about the first fight, though, mate. It was all right. I watched it. Yeah, but Adam's talking about like it's been like it was a it was a good fight. I can yeah. It's not, it's, it's not the worst it's not take of the week worthy See, bad my, take. My, it was my, try to fight, slight, it, it was Fuck like you. it was right about an average fight. Yeah. It's it, hey, hey, there's better ammunition so, than this. Eh. No, it's, it's fair it's fine, it's fair game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's better ammunition. I'm nominate you for your fucking your shitty stance here. By the way, you should be backing up your fucking fellow host. Uh, Adam Abramovitz says, Matty, controversial, but we'll roll with it. <laughs> uh, nomination for Trevor Bryan on his Instagram. He says, Floyd Mayweather, Trevor Bryan, two USA undefeated champions. Yeah, I think that's where it probably ends there, Trevor, to be honest. <laughs> Trevor Bryan maybe didn't make as many smart investments. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Bryan got the glasses like fucking Bitcoin Dave, or what his fucking name is. Bitcoin Rodney. Bitcoin, Rodney. I'm gonna have to find out about this guy. <laughs> Look at him, Jesus! Dude, that dude's got a fucking five head, man. <laughs> He's got it well polished, at least, you know. And uh, the final one we mentioned earlier: Akoli against Holyfield. Declan Graffin has nominated MTK Global again. Lovely bunch of lads. Fight picks: past versus present. Uh, James Tony versus Tony Bellew. Who wins? <laughs> well, I tell you what: if that fight had ever happened, you really would have never seen fucking Bellew again. <laughs> beat the fucking living shit out of him holy fuck James Tony versus Tony Bellew oh fuck me man oh leave him alone Coogs fucking yeah. hell probably look a lot like a bullfight oh, yeah, I would love to see ones. it though that's all the ones that I've got Steve, you, you should play Steve you should play that uh, interview with uh, Tony and Bunsy on Talk Sports sometime again I love that one Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes. I had to delete that one for storage reasons, but I have it sitting primed and ready, so we'll we'll upload that at well, some point, Dominic. Well, well, haven't, well, well, haven't heard, I haven't heard that one the way. That's that's an all time. That that's is, that is, that is, that's, that's, that's ATG three at least. Bunsy was just giving his opinion, though. He was like a starter. Yeah. No one's going to be right until the fight happens on the night. I hear it. <laughs> You're opinion now, Dominic. <laughs> He, he was like Bunsy, he was like a he was like a star but actually Bunce was in the right what the, the ironic thing about the whole the cause of that was what Bunce said about Bellu and the Adonis Stevenson fight. If you remember, you know, before Tony mm. was saying, I'm prepared to die in that ring. Um I am willing to die. And then and he then fought he, like an absolute Yeah. I think that the battle uh, between Bunsy and Bellu was like when two wankers collided, really, what you didn't really know who not to root for. <laughs> yes. Pretty, it's, it's like you know, your enemy's enemy is your ass. It's like a it's bad. Here's your wank off, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, that's all the nominations I've got, gentlemen. Matty, any nominations from you? I just had the Amir Khan one, I thought that was wonderful. 
That was a good one for Amir Khan in there. Let's have a look at that if we can find it. Uh, no. Uh, any nominations from you, Andy? Yeah, uh, one for Triller, mate. Um, firstly, the Cambosis Lopez fight was $60, then they slashed it to $20, and apparently it's up to now to $49.99. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Triller's really, really, you know, regretting this one. Like, um, the Zone CEO, what's his name? Kev Meyer. Uh, quoted as saying, I don't think it would be smart for the zone to have a real focus on the US. It's an ultra competitive market. We're going to take a pretty light approach to the US. That's not part of our core strategy. So, Eddie Hearn, Matchroom USA, goodbye. Too aggressive? Too aggressive, <laughs> mate. Maybe they shouldn't have invested so much in uh, in Snoop Dogg's weed budget. <laughs> I want my motherfucking money, Jake. I want my motherfucking money. Um, last one for me, Steve. Uh, the Valdez Concisal judge. What's his name again? Um, oh, Stephen something, was it? Uh, uh, Stephen, Stephen Blair? Stephen, Stephen Blee? What his name is? Anyway, he's quoted as saying that. Stephen Wonder, I think, is his name. <laughs> Aye, exactly, mate. So anyway, he's coming to saying, I've watched the fight and thoroughly analysed it. The 117-110 scorecard is not accurate. does not represent the actions in the ring. Blair admitted in an open letter as distributed through the WBC social media team, I feel I've let down my federation, the NABF, my organisation, the WBC, and most importantly, our sport and the fighter inside the ring. The poor bastard got hosed on each card, by the way, so that's not good enough, but resign. That's the best thing you can do. Resign. I think that's a really... You had the worst scorecard of all three, mate. We said it last week. It was a close fight. Whoever won the fight, I had Kunsisal. Some people might have had uh, Valdez. If you had Valdez winning that fight, then it had to be close on the other side as well. There's no fucking way it's 117-110. No, there, there was. It, it was it was a bad scorecard, but I like when people show humility. I like when people can admit that they were incorrect and and, and maybe just move them out of title fights for a while and, and bring them down until he gets up to snuff. I, a, I I don't I don't like I don't like negative reinforcement when somebody does the right thing. I, I it's it's good. I wish more people would say, "Oh fuck, I was wrong." It's it's a great thing. His uh, his scorecard was the worst player lie since Tony said that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> <laughs> good work from Roberto there. Or uh, are they all the ones you've got under? That's right. uh, Dominic, any nominations from you? No, Steve. Just the uh, main nomination is the uh, uh, the Holyfield uh, yes. of Holy Fantasy matchup. That's my yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rob, anything from you? Yeah, I occasionally, as you know, uh, check Maya Jama's social media presence just for research for the show. Really, like just to uh, find out what's going on for the show. But uh, someone, someone not tweeted that she wasn't. Yeah, it's not shady, man. No, I'm definitely not. Like me. Um, so this guy uh, you get married yeah. next week, mate. I mean, listen, that's it forever, mate. So you have no other comeback after this one. Like once you sign that dotted line, that's you fucked. So this my jammer picture stood up, man. Uh, they, they said you that the fucking they said that the holy feeling shame Mosley too. But look at him now. Throw it all away. Won't you risk it, mate? Throw it all away. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, so some fellas is crying. We bullied her into fucking off from talking boxing. And then Maya clapped back again. A lot of clapping back from Maya these days. She says, look at you, sad, sad little man. Gasped because you thought you bullied someone out of a job. What an absolute twat. Happy to piss on your parade, though. I'll be back on the zone boxing in a couple of weeks. Kissy face. And then 
the guru says, into him, Maya. <laughs> so, that was pretty good. My, my I like that from Maya, though, Rob. Yeah. That's like fake oh. ass, Mexico ass. Yeah. But she's spunky, eh? back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's spunky, pissing yeah. on people's parades and whatnot. So, yeah, good on you, Maya. Yeah, I like that. And that's all from me. Good stuff. Uh, Ozzy, any from you? Nope, nothing. Nothing from Ozzy. Right, 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 right. I am going to go for Matty. This one. As if Big Daddy Bo wasn't enough. This other fella who you've explained as well. You've got Corey B. You've got Malinaji. Big Daddy Bitcoin. You've got Bitcoin Rodney. <laughs> I've gone for this. This uh, official celebrity boxing. Official celebrity boxing, Matty. In case you were wondering, it might be counterfeit celebrity boxing. This is the real thing. I... And one hundred percent with you, Steve. That that would be the winner this week, and uh, and whoever actually pays to watch that event, attend it in person, is is definitely a loser in life. Okay, that's two. Then Rob, who are you going for? Like <laughs> this one, like it's so funny, it's, and it's not funny. You know that way, like because you know the way Holyfield got fucking destroyed last week, and it was really fucking tragic watching it. What's what's the version of Riddick Bowe who probably should fucking looks like like no disrespect to him, but he looks like he's recovering from a stroke these days. Like and Lamar Odom, who overdosed on crack, fighting in Miami under the, under the fucking guidance of Bitcoin, Big Daddy Bitcoin Rodney, and Malinazi is fighting fell off YouTube. Like so, like the potential for shit to go wrong here is very high. But for the the bad boys esque uh, flyer, you can't really look too much further than his poster, can you? Like. It says a lot about boxes that were the highlight of the week is the fucking posters. <laughs> I love Andy, like I said, official celebrity boxing though, and, and it says at the bottom the real Bitcoin Rodley Rodney, they're desperate here to make sure that no fakes are, are getting in. Yeah. Dodgecoin Rodney is not coming in. A theory of medley. Why should go two time NBA champ and reality star Lamor? Who is that guy? He was, he was married to Khloe Kardashian. He was, and he was he, he's an NBA player with, I mean, a, with a bunch of, bunch of ladies in the evening, and he was cracked up, cracking up, whatever, beaming up the Scotty. For some, uh, I can't remember Lakers. I think Andy, maybe the Lakers he played for for a while. So, but like, I don't know, like, how is how is he going to get in shape for a fight? Like, you know what I mean? Has there been many success stories in boxing that came from? Crack smoking, I don't know. <laughs> Not at the age know, of like, fucking 40 or whatever he is, Rob. Him at fucking Floyd got tasted off in fucking Spartan. She's going to be a... It's going to be oh, a... Spider 4. Spider 4, aye. He liked that crack pipe. Well, it's going to be a hell of a Netflix documentary if he ends up fighting Jake Paul down the line or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's so <laughs> awesome. The last dance. So I don't know, like... Yeah, this is bad. It's hard to look past this one. This is my nomination anyway, definitely. Like, this is so incredibly terrible. Like, you know, over the years, like, they've done, like, so much, like, exploiting of of black celebrities. Like, and now they're down to, like, mentally disabled former black celebrities. Like, (laughs) this is fucking disgusting. What year year was Bo Holyfield 3 say? 95, 94? 94, yeah. 95. So it's not even like 2005. When 2021, really, oh, it's tragic, man. It's absolutely tragic. If the poster wasn't so funny, I'd probably cry. It's very bad. Like, very, very Andy, bad. you mentioned Spider 4. You yeah. mentioned Spider 4, man. We should try and get him on the post. <laughs> you kidding me, man? That's man, that's his next opponent, man. Dude, I should, it, I should state that guy, by the way. 
It's been there now. It's been like 23 oh. years. Fuck's sake, stay it's been like. Well, my lazy not the headliner on that card either, by the way. He's chin. He's see, see that chin there? He's got an impetigo scab and that fucking chin there. Look at the state of that. It's been about, what, like 23, 24 years since Bo threw the tr- threw, put his belt in the trash can? And it's been about, what, 10 or 12 years since Odom put his dick in the trash can? <laughs> we, need, we need to get Riddick Bo against James Tony, man. Could you imagine the trash talking at the press conference? <laughs> Oh man, that's bad. Like it's tragic. It's tragic. You remember when they had the Tony on ringside? and Sky Steve used to do at ringside on a Thursday Uh evening. Yeah. And they did that special with Tony. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry, Dan. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I remember he, that now. This must have been about ten years ago, maybe eight or nine years ago. That prize fighter tournament was it, maybe? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. He, it was part of the promotion for that, so they must have done he a deal where we'll we'll get you. Yeah, it was awful. It was terrible. It was sad to to watch, and and then as well with Holyfield, you, you've seen these clips in the last few weeks of the famous, you know, the pull counter against uh, against Buster Douglas. You know, when he, he draws the the uppercut and he just hammers him with that beautiful. Red counter, it's just it's so sad it's to just, think about. You know, just seen Tony getting fucking real look and chokehold against the UFC, etc. Now, you know, actually, <laughs> yeah. actually getting put in the ring against a guy who's actually you know an, an expert apparently in wrestling. So, what's the first thing he's going to do? Take him to the fucking mat, choke him out. What was it, 15, 20? I don't know. Very short, he, anyway. He, he he fought off the mat pretty well. I mean, he he kept from getting choked out pretty quick. Like Tony's one chance was like to land an uppercut yeah, when he when he shot for the legs. That was his one fucking chance, and when it didn't happen, it was though. done. Well, when he's forties by that point, and he needed there needed a fucking subtitle everything he was saying in the promo video. It was fucking <laughs> terrible. He sounded like fucking Dom DeLuise and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Every now and then I put on his best quotes just to hear him do that pad to Jim Gray where he goes fucking don't walk up on me dog I don't like you. <laughs> I don't oh, walk yeah. up on me dog. That's right. I remember that one. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> right. So that's three of us then. Uh, Andy who are you going for? Uh, I'm going to go for Triller actually you know fucking mismanagement of market and that one actually 60 quid sorry, $60 to $20 to $49.99 so I'm interested to see how much they're going to draw in for this one Triller's class man I'd love for us to get a job at Triller I think we'd fit right in it's a complete and utter car crash isn't it mate what's the sport oh right. well, they had Fat Joe versus Ja Rule this week what's that like <laughs> as a job application you should send Triller that uh, a mortal interview that you and Andy and Tommy and Tommy's old man did at the end at the uh, Wakugan before quite frankly. <laughs> 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 job regulars <laughs> for Triller. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think it it. I was I was my best behaviour for a guy who'd been on the drink for twelve hours. But <laughs> There's more chance of hiring Paul Spanner for than us. I think <laughs> we'll, we will do it for pennies on the dollar. I don't know. He'd be a good addition if we could get him on the pod Spanner for I'd say he would be. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, so, uh, Dominic, who are you going for again? I'm going for the um, the Holyfield, the Coley fantasy matchup, uh, MTK. <laughs> MTK. A nomination for MTK, non endorsed by the rest of us. Uh, Rob, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy, who are you going for? I was going to go for Big Bunsy, but 
I don't know if it's a, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a troll or a, or a ploy to uh, just generally get publicity to their uh, social channels. But I'm nominating MTK again for their stupid matchup, these stupid fancy matchups, which are just borderline ridiculous. So yeah, a uh, second vote for MTK. Obviously not endorsed by the remaining uh, <laughs> members of the panel. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> well, in, in the, in, 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 the words, in, in the words of Big Porky, if they've got a problem, come see Stop me. Stop yeah, come see me. Well, the best of Spiddle, by the way. Oh, hey, maybe you showed the Spiddle as well for his uh, white collar fight coming. His Mad Max Maximus. <laughs> Poster coming to a town near you. Oh, mate, I can see some likes of Mad Max film. <laughs> Yeah, right. Smith, I better turn up, otherwise he's going to be on a poster in the Wigan Town Centre, really. <laughs> Why have they never done a tagline for one of these fights, like, when white collars turn red, you know? It, it fucking doesn't... I just wrote your marketing for you, sons of bitches. I mean, soon, with Bitcoin Rodney, Matty. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Bitcoin it, Rodney. I, I'm actually for Ethereum Eddie. Oh, you're yeah, definitely a theory of Eddie. Right, let's finish this shit up, man. It's quarter to 11. Thank you for everybody who's taken part. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, I think it's safe to say that this this stuff, like with Bo and all them, it's just, it's a disgrace, really, isn't it? Exploiting that and people laughing at all that type of stuff. So, congratulations, boys. You are the value of the week for episode 441. Uh, yes, everyone has enjoyed themselves tonight. The chat seems to have had a great time. Ozzy's been with us. Thank you very much indeed. Good to see you back. Wrapping up Kelly as well. Always good to have Dominic on with us, Andy and Matty Di Jalonado. We had a super chatter earlier. It was Dave Corner from, from Boxing's First. Uh, we will look out for Riddick Bowe's fight. We'll look out for Paulie Malinaji, Corey B, and especially Bitcoin Rodney coming up next week. Don't forget, after the AJ Usyk fight, we will be doing a post-fight podcast. So if you want to come on, uh, spew your guts, you want to come on and tell us how the fight went down. For the as well. Yep, hit the like button, hit the super chat. Give us a like during the week and we'll definitely do the post-fight pod anyway for you. I've been Steve Wellings. Episode 442 will be hosted by the great Matty DiGelonardo. We'll catch you all again, same time, same place next week. If not before, on Saturday night, be there. Bye. Woo! Sports Social Podcast Network.